This is Dmitry Samarov, and you're listening to Who You Know, but you already knew that. Today I bring you a conversation with the musician Emmett Kelly. We talk about his growing up in L.A., uh, starting a cassette label, uh, the life of the touring musician, and a lot more. Hope you enjoyed the talk as much as I did. So where you're, you're in L.A. now? I'm in L.A., yeah. Uh same place you've been a while or yeah i mean i've uh I, I moved into this apartment when uh like the the november before the pandemic started oh, okay and so it, it was good good timing because i was living in a house with three other people before and uh, i think we might have killed each other if we stayed oh yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean we were but, all good friends but i mean being locked in a place kind of changes things so. yeah i know i uh i was I was sort of thankful, very thankful that I, I lived alone through the lockdown. Because yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if, if I was living with somebody, yeah, somebody would end up dead for sure. And where do you live? I, I live in, in in Bridgeport. I actually moved uh, in May May of 2020 into this place, like oh, wow. you know, a month into lockdown, month and a half. Wow. But it had been planned, and luckily, like movers were deemed essential. Oh, cool. So I had these guys that moved all my crap from the third floor to, I live on a ground floor of an 1875 worker's cottage. Oh, cool. This, this cool old house. But for the past, since last August, uh, it's been undergoing a gut rehab upstairs from me. So actually, like, these guys have just started hammering. Like, of course, they waited for me to record a thing, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and that's how it goes. So if you if you ever hear if you hear like weird like noises, construction noises, that's what I've been living with. Yeah, since August. I feel you. I mean, I'm not. I have that same relationship with the leaf blower guy. Oh yeah, yeah. LA is famous for the leaf blowers. Yeah. <laughs> so you hear that on that uh the Mark Marin podcast all the time. He's screaming at like the guy, like the neighbor, to stop, you know, doing the lawn work and stuff. <laughs> yeah into uh to that at all yeah yeah do you, do you ever listen to to podcasts or any kind of audio i, kind I, of like... I wanted yeah i mean like i i definitely listen to you know some because like i i you know when i start i started doing this cassette label and and i started to deep dive into some cassette people and, yeah uh, um, and my some of my favorite cassettes are just like people talking yeah, I've got I've got one uh, I've got one of those coming out. Oh next no month. way! Yeah, oh, this cool. guy named Adam Gennady, who's from I don't know if you've heard of him. He he's kind of associated with punk bands, okay. but he started this. He's a writer mostly, but he does spoken word stuff, and he started a spoken word label called Hello America uh, Stereo Cassette. Wow, cool! And I'm doing a like a whole like about 45, 50 minutes of like excerpts from this like book in progress, the new book that's not out yet. That's awesome. Yeah, this I found this label called Zap Cassettes that was in that's in New York and they they put out this amazing series of uh, recordings that Jeff Perkins made. Are you familiar with him? Uh-uh. Who's he? He is, uh, I guess he was, you know, he, I mean, whatever, whatever I've read about him, it's like as if he has this... Uh, I figured the leaf blower. Um, yep, that's cool. Yeah, got, yeah, 
he uh he he tends to be called the the Fluxus cab driver. So you you'd actually oh, <laughs> but it's like he he uh he he drove a cab in New York City for a long time and he recorded his conversations with his spares and so oh wow and it, and it's like there's I have this series of like four cassettes of him just like talking to people in the cab and it's really good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change rooms one sec. Yep. But um, yeah, that was really good. But then uh, I've been trying to get my old roommate from Chicago to make a cassette for me because it's he's a cosmologist and um, I did, he's a stoner too. So I was like, man, you should just smoke weed and talk about the universe. Oh wow. <laughs> but he's he's totally confused. He's like, I don't understand like why anyone would want to hear that. I'm like, yeah, but it's because you have a special relationship to the universe that, yeah you know, like like the actual universe you know not the stupid la hippie one yeah know? but um the, stupid, so cool. the la hippie universe i like that yeah well i mean that's like that's only a thing it's like the universe will tell you or whatever bullshit you know yeah it's it's just uh it's like you mean like the rich people like spiritual retreat kind of universe or yeah totally <laughs> Like yeah, where you, where you go to the desert and you you think you start seeing things or whatever. Or... Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, weird, um, you know, vision quest people, whatever. It's but it's funny because um, yeah, yeah, Joaquin, my old roommate, he's totally amazing, and he like a uh, he 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 just you know he he discovered these galaxies, you know, and he has this uh -huh. whole this whole story that's i mean I, I i would be so like thrilled to hear about it like if you just talked about it and it'd be so cool if it was on a tape and the only thing i could like explain to him was like i don't know it's like a podcast but imagine if it wasn't a podcast it was like a cassette and he's like yeah that's the stupidest idea i've ever heard but i mean like like I love podcasts, but I hate the name podcast. It's such a stupid word. Yeah, well, I'm the same with Bandcamp. Like I, I, like I would be down to release music that way if it didn't sound so lame. Yeah, that sucks. Well, yeah, when I, yeah, uh, and I mean, all these podcasts are it's just freeform radio. You know, it's just radio without like the set station. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's and, like you know you, you ever listen to Mike Watts' radio show? Yeah. <laughs> well he he that guy does it every day <laughs> i know it, it's insane and he, he's on this 49 date tour right now and he's still doing his radio right show. but that, i mean that show is crazy because it's like what three four hours long and you never know when the talking will be yeah totally uh sam did you hear the one with sam yeah 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 i tune in when i i, I know people like my uh kelly hogan was on my friend kelly was on uh, cool. once yeah like so i listen to those but you never know when you know he, it, the editing's so fucking random you know yeah, yeah, totally I, I i did it once and i sent him like these really long things that i was working on during the pandemic and he played like a bunch of yeah stuff. it was like totally insane but uh <laughs> it's like, cool because like he doesn't you know it's like if you refer to it as a podcast he's like he's like the only rule is don't call this a podcast yeah yeah <laughs> no I, I i have that same thing uh about this this so what do you call this a radio show I think I'm going to call it just a talk show, like talk show. I mean, it's called Blather, you know, yeah. that's what it's been called for four years that I've been messing around with recordings. But up to now, it's just been uh, me reading like work in progress and me reading Russian poetry 
in Russian <laughs> and uh, and then just recordings of uh, interviews that are just, uh, you know, like note taking for articles that I'm writing. Yeah. So I have like I have a two hour one on there with uh, Pete Prescott from Mission of Burma because I was writing something about him. Oh, wow. And I just went over his house and turned on a digital recorder and we talked. We actually talked for like three hours, but I recorded like two hours of it. And that's on there. But I thought I'd just start making it a more regular thing. And I just know that for it to work, it needs to have a schedule, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be out every Wednesday morning. Uh, cool. that, that's my plan starting this week. That's awesome. Yeah, I got Bill McKay gave me some music. So I have theme music now, which is pretty oh, cool, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, cool. Bill McKay gave me music. I, I've been asking him to do this for like years. He won't do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's got his own special Bill McKay reasons, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, which I, I which I totally respect. <laughs> you should make a you should make a book of all of his text messages that he sends to people. They're like the funniest things ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. When you get on that that Bill McKay wavelength, and he just starts going. <laughs> yeah. We yeah we have I, me and Bill have the loopiest conversations. I mean probably everybody does but yeah for sure uh and i've i mean i've known that guy for a really long fucking time yeah. i've known i've known him yeah over 20 years i think wow like yeah way before you know he became kind of famous <laughs> or yeah. sort of whatever he is now but yeah and yeah i was trying to remember when did you and i meet was it through azita yeah or it was azita probably because, azita time yeah you had just made the life on the fly cover because yeah you didn't play on you played with her just after that right I, yeah or, i joined her band for the like when she was touring for the, oh for that for that tour yeah yeah oh okay i mean it was a tour it was a strange tour it was like three weekends long you know? yeah and w was sam playing with her already or no no, it was, not yet. Sam kind of, I think he, he started playing with her after I had stopped playing with her. Oh, I see. Because he, it was like a, the band was Ryan Rapsis and, and uh, Matt Lux and, and right. but then Toby Summerfield was playing bass for some of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm ha having coffee with Lux tomorrow. Oh, fuck yeah. Tell him I said hello. Oh, I will. Yeah, he's another one that I have great, great, weird conversations with. Oh, man. Yeah, him and you got to talk to Rob Mazurik. Yeah, I've, that, that's a guy who I don't know at all. I've never talked to. I mean, I've, I've seen him play, but I saw him play with you at, at Copro down the street from right yeah. here uh, that one time. He's like the funniest guy on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny because him and Matt Lux and uh, they speak the same language. Oh, really? Yeah, they have the same way of talking. You know? Yeah, Matt Lux has his own thing. Yeah, that he does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Lux and I get along really well, and he's the best. But we, you know, I mean, we unwittingly, you know, because he played on that Life on the Fly record, and I did the yeah. painting for the cover. Right. So I don't think we knew each other back then, though. So, so we all got to know each other at the same time from Azita. Probably, yeah. And yeah, Azita, yeah, I mean, Azita and I went to art school at the same time, but we didn't know each other. She was in a very different scene than me, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we were there literally like the exact same years and we knew, well, and Elliot Dix was working at the art supply store at Utrecht in the school. Oh, wow. He was the, 
he's the same as like the friendliest guy ever like yeah. the the one friendly guy at the art supply store you know yeah. and now he's like the one friendly guy in the music industry or whatever yeah, yeah. you know we have the same birthday oh really yeah oh cool when, when yeah. is september 21st oh right oh shit i was yeah it's a week before mine oh cool huh yeah elliot's a great guy but i knew him back then didn't didn't meet her until late like until i moved back to chicago in 97 or 98 yeah and she started coming around and that's you know when she was starting to get to do her solo stuff you know yeah right but uh, yeah i didn't know her during like the scissor girls era or anything yeah. oh yeah i used to go see her when she had her band bride of no no which was pretty great yeah they're so good did you ever get to see them? No, I mean I met Azita because she wanted me to play guitar for her band, and uh, I met her at like a Joanna Newsom concert. Like I, I just got to Chicago. Like I had no idea what I was doing. It, Chicago was just like a brand new place to me. And and uh, how did you choose it? Well, I didn't even choose it. It was kind of like, <laughs> I, um, I I was traveling around for like five six years or something just wow. like I just didn't stop moving for a long time you know and um and I, I went to Chicago just sort of totally randomly after I was spending some time in Oklahoma and when uh, uh I got there it was just kind of good I, I so I stayed for like 10 years <laughs> is that how long you were here yeah because yeah. you've been gone a while now yeah, I mean, it's been like eight years already, which is crazy because, I mean, 10 years seemed like forever then. And now it seems like this time has just flown by. Yeah, I think that just happens with the older you get. It, it starts to move quicker and quicker. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes sense because the units get to be smaller parts of the, you know, your whole life. Totally. Are, 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 is this, are we recording this right now? Is this like the, oh, oh yeah. The show? Okay. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really no, hope no. so. Uh, my first, my first ever effort during this iteration of this talk show or whatever the fuck it's called, uh, I used that program, but recorded only my side of the conversation. <laughs> so it was like a crazy. It was like the the way I've been telling people is that there's that guy that did this strip where he did he took it's, it was called Garfield minus Garfield. So it was just John. And he took all the ones with the with Garfield the cat out, so it was just a like a, a lonely suburban guy like talking to nothing, you know. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. There's like a whole archive of it. This guy is doing this like conceptual experiment art, you know. Cool. Uh, but it was luckily that guy was game to do it again, you know. And nice. and the second time it was fine, but like each time there's like a new technical problem, like today with you where I couldn't hear you. Yeah, right. that happened once before and I, i've got to i've got to get on with tech support with them and see what if there's some secret setting that i'm not you know yeah. doing but some of them work perfectly and i can't tell what the difference is you know what i mean who the fuck knows man Shouldn't but yeah it's it's gremlins but yeah this poor guy the uh one i had to re-record with we talked for an hour and a half and it was it was gone it was you know none of his audio was saved <laughs> so hopefully Hopefully, there's some result of this, <laughs> some yeah, yeah. evidence of this. Uh, but bottom line is, uh, yeah, I want to have, 
I like having conversations with interesting people. And if they're one-on-one, I can do it. I can't do it in a group at all. Uh, You know, I just fade and disappear. You know, I don't know who to, which way to concentrate. And I just start looking out the window, you know what I mean? And wishing, wishing to be somewhere else. (laughs) Like I'm, yeah, I'm the worst at parties. Do that. (laughs) like an expert of the French exit, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, you're also the dude with the notebook in the, in the bar, you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm the, yeah. I'm the guy w- with a book or sketchbook, you know, <laughs> who yeah. doesn't actually interact with anybody. <laughs> right. But it's like, you're not, I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. There's always that like dickhead at the rainbow with a r- book, you know? Yes. And you're, and yeah. you're just like, what the fuck are you trying to do? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, who cares? you're such a, you're trying to read here. What the fuck, you know? But it's like, for some reason, it doesn't come off that way with you. <laughs> oh, oh, well, thank you, I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, they're so self-conscious. I mean, it's like, it, the rainbow is such a, such a wild world. I mean, I think. Oh, it's, it's fan- kind of, yeah. It's, it's, it's more the... nights there than anywhere else in the world. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Best bar ever. Yep. But. Uh, I was actually just talking uh, to, yeah. Some, uh, do you know Skyler who works? Yeah, at, totally yeah. Works. yeah. So his his girlfriend, uh, Alicia. She was. We were talking about this. How you know if you're not in if you're not in at the rainbow, like it's just the worst. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. They, they you know they don't know how to. <laughs> most of them, you know, they're they, they're not really service industry professionals you know and yeah last time i was there it was it was like a jarring experience oh like the doorman didn't know you or whatever well no it's like the door guy i mean the door guy always kind of changed i mean i'm not there anymore yeah you know it's cool whatever the door guy but like um you know i found out that kenny stopped working yeah yeah he had to yeah yeah which that's just like huge because holy shit i mean like Mm -hmm. every time i show up to chicago I go into the rainbow and Kenny is is like this like uh, dude that I see. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a, oh no, I know. Crazy that he's not there anymore. And then, uh, and it, but but the thing that was so crazy about it was, I just I wa- I showed up there and uh, Tim was working the bar and it was cool to see him and yep. Mike and Skyler and whatever. And then I turned around and it was like everyone there was so young. Oh yeah. And, and oh yeah. It just kind of flipped me out because I was like, holy shit, like that's I'm like staring into like a time machine or something. Yeah. And yeah. It because just, it, yeah, it did my head in. Like I was like, I gotta get out of here, dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that cycle that happens every few years. I mean, because you know, like I never left. Yeah. yeah. Uh and I've been a regular at the Rainbow since nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, right. Wow. I'm actually I'm gonna put up artwork there in June, and I realized it's the 25th anniversary of the first time I put up artwork there, which is wow, insane. That's yeah, that's insane. Yeah, the only the only other person that's had as you know well more art shows is Kenny than me there. Yeah, you know, yeah. wow. it's not every year, but it's most years. So I've had I probably had like 20 shows there. You know, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it's is it paintings or is it uh, sketches or both or. It's collages. That's what I've. That's oh, wow. what I've. That's what I've been like. That's one of my lockdown revelations. Is collage. I want to see some collages. Yeah, that's. It's like all I've been doing. I mean, I do. I still do drawings and paintings, but mostly like if they're commissions or whatever. But for myself, all I'm doing is collage. Yeah. Right. Which is it's all made up of like old drawings and homework assignments and other crap that I, I'm just like 
messily stitching together. Right. So it, like, so it involves writing and it sort of involves like collaborating with younger selves, <laughs> you know, like yeah, younger Dimitris, which yeah. is interesting. So and then that's what, yeah, that, that's what that show is going to be. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, that place is pretty fucking special and weird. But it took, yeah, I mean, it took a few years. Like, I remember the first month or two I came in, like, you know, Kenny would be on the other side of the bar. The place would be empty, and he wouldn't come over. Yeah. You know? It would be, like, <laughs> literally half a fucking hour, you know, to get a drink. Yeah, totally. And that's... Yeah, you know, it only took years to get, get to feel like those guys were friends, you know? Yeah, I mean, now, like, yeah, Kenny and I, like, trade artwork, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I it's Kenny's stuff. Yeah, I've got a. Yeah, I've got. I'm looking at one right now. He, he did this recent series of uh, like bartenders, like through history, like old like historical bartenders. Wow. So he did one of this like this guy Patty Baller, who's uh, he was in the Chicago early Chicago machine. You know, he's one of like the crooks that you know ran Chicago. Wow. He's just guy in a top hat, like kind of smiling. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. He's got a stein of beer in his hand. You know, he's toasting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did any of the Rainbow Bartenders make it into the series? Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think so. No, no. He only had like yeah, people through his from history. You know, Dude, those guys are historical, man. I mean, I know Kenny himself is historical bartender. Kenny, sure. Yeah, Kenny definitely. Yeah. Well, he's part of also part of music history. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. He worked at like you know the the first punk club in Chicago. I mean, yeah. you ever see that documentary that he was in? That, uh, I never saw it. Though. You weren't you weren't there? Yeah, it's it's yeah. worth seeing. You'll see a yeah. bunch of people you'll recognize in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, especially Kenny. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. So how how did you get started with the? I mean, how did this music art problem start for you? <laughs> uh like <laughs> in, in, your, in the in, in the very beginning <laughs> in your life yeah um, wow i mean like uh i don't I mean so my parents are musicians and so i kind of just grew up around that kind of reality you know like they were gigging bar band people and mm. uh, my mom and dad split up when i was five five or four or something like that and my mom was gigging every night five nights a week in la and, she is uh, singer or she's a conga player like a like, conga player wow yeah, cool yeah, yeah and my dad was a drummer and so they were like drummers you know but they uh but she you know i just it was like she played in her brother's band and they were always playing every you know, five nights a week like that was like back in the day when you know you would play like five nights a week in a city you know what i mean and, yeah and uh so i just kind of grew up going to these bars and shit and uh you know it was i don't know it, it's crazy like my earliest memories are like the smell of a bar and like the, mm. shitty, the shitty like you know the amps and like rehearsals and stuff and the smell of pot you know like yeah but like uh so i kind of grew up with that but then like when i was when i was around 10 or something you know like in la i grew up in la and a lot of kids in la will go on commercial auditions just because mm -hmm. it's like a way to possibly make some cash and so I went on this I, I sucked at doing that and then uh, but my mom was like 
here this one wants a guitar player like and so she showed me how to play two chords and so i went out on this audition and play these two chords and then i just kind of kept playing guitar from that point huh but you know like i don't know i, I didn't like it, it yeah i don't know if i consciously ever made a made a leap into music or something. so you never you never had that like you didn't want to like rebel against your parents that way i mean like i, mean, I rebelled against my parents in a in in a in a stylistic way like my dad hated all of the music i liked you know what did you like when you were starting? I mean, when I was young, I was into, you know, things that were popular in the early 90s, you know, and then... Uh, right, because you're how how old? You're 40s or...? I'm 41, yeah. 41, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, like, I, I, you know, like, when I was, you know, 12, or I was, it was like 1992, and I was, like, really into Metallica and shit. And, like, sure, yeah. Any... It was like on MTV and on K Rock and stuff. And K Rock in LA at the time was like kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I remember like me and my sister used to make mixtapes off of the radio. Yep. And the, the big, the big, huge kind of um, one was like Sonic Youth. You know what I mean? Because like it was like the, the trajectory of it was like I recorded the song Sugarcane off the radio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I loved it so much and then you know and this is like i'm 12 years old sure know? and uh and and then then i went to like you know i think the third cd i bought in my life was i went to moby disc and saw a used copy of sonic youth album and so i bought it and it was like their second album oh wow it was just like a completely like what the fuck is this well was this something like confusion of sex or something like yeah, was, like one of those like the it was confusion like, of sex yeah like yeah. something not so friend it was not sugar cane no, like <laughs> the, the opposite kind of music yeah. and it, it just sent me on this kind of spiral of like what the fuck is going on you're like how is this music like what and then ever since then i've just been kind of like i think that was like the first time i ever was completely baffled by something musical you know what i mean yeah and so it's and it was been... just a random it's just because you knew the name of the exactly. band and I, w I just figured i would like get the sonic youth album because like who the what the fuck do i know i'm like yeah you know and um it was what... cool. i mean like you know it was a cool experience because it you know it made me realize i mean that was like the first time but like every time since then i think that like the stuff that really like impacted me were, was stuff that i just like totally didn't understand and didn't like at first and i think that like it's like the thing about like uh the amount of thought you put in trying to figure out get your head around something and next thing you know like two weeks into just like obsessively trying to understand something you're like damn i've like thought about this album so much you know like i think i really like it you know <laughs> like Mm -hmm. you know whereas when you first hear it you're like i don't know what the hell this is you know yeah i was really lucky probably yeah around that same kind of age yeah 11 or 12 uh my best friend's dad was a big music fan he was mostly a deadhead unfortunately <laughs> but uh he also loved 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 bruce springsteen which is odd but uh but he had a a huge music library he would make us these mixtapes so I would get like Trout Mask Replica or, yeah. you know, Velvet Underground and Nico. And this was when I was at that time on uh, Top 40 radio it was like Def Leppard and, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, the British and, you know, like Depeche Mode, like Tears yeah, for yeah. Fears.
but I had to rec I had to reconcile, you know, Def Leppard and Trout Mask Replica, you know? Yeah, totally. No, I mean, I had a similar thing where, um, you know, when I was maybe 14 or something, you know, time goes by so fast when you're that age, but like, I was really into punk, like around the LA punk bands, you know, which were so random, you know, now that I look back. You mean like like X or Black Flag or no 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 like the ones that were playing oh that that were playing then yeah 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 because I would go to shows and stuff and like there were these I was just really into like shithead kind of gutter punk Uh, you know it was just fun like me and my friends would go to Hollywood Boulevard and like just like hang around like shitheads you know what I mean (laughs) and your dad and your parents hated that all that yeah, music well, yeah that was that was when they really were like what the fuck i mean yeah, my dad was like what the hell are you listening to this band can't get their fucking guitars in tune you know what i mean like but i remember like it was like when i was 14 i was like fully devoted punk into the punk everything you know like i had like i would like wear bondage uh, yeah and shit and, like you had the uniform you had the uniform <laughs> yeah totally you know I was like, 14 year old in like um this uh this friend of my little sister, my little sister was like five years old or something like that. Mm. And, like, uh, and this friend of my little sister's came to pick her up from our house. And yeah. He brought, he, like the dad uh, brought, the, the dad of my sister, little sister's friend brought me a copy of Raw Power on CD. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. He was like, he was like, you should listen to this. This is, you know, and I was like, cool you know but totally went over my head you know like yeah similarly it was like i think i spent like a month like trying to figure out why he liked it you know yeah i mean that same guy that my friend best friend's dad he took us to go see the pretenders at some like you know basically hockey rink you know big stadium kind of thing yeah but opening for the pretenders was iggy pop oh wow and and we i think he, i think yeah he made us like the the iggy pop the the stooges mixtape already but right. you know i remember i remember he sang china girl and i didn't understand why he was doing this david bowie song it was weird yeah totally it, and he was at that time he was not at a good point in his career like nobody knew who he was you know and he was not popular yeah he hadn't kind of found he hadn't had this new resurgence of whatever cred yeah it was very strange but and then in retrospect it, i mean it should have obviously been like you know the pretender should have been opening for him but that's not how the world works no it's so weird how that works you know like where the um you know the i mean i, I feel like i've seen that way too many times where like the you know the, the the legend is opening for the new fad you know yeah yeah <laughs> so 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 did did your parents ever accept or kind of like come to some sort of peace with what your music your musical thing definitely definitely. i mean my mom my mom has always been just like straight up supportive you know like Mm -hmm. she's just psyched that you know that her kid is is enjoying himself in any way you know what i mean yeah and then uh and she likes music in a very sensual way she's like a full-on kind of uh you know, I, I always would describe her as like a legitimate like flower child. You know, like yeah. And, uh, well, she would be just that right, the right age, more absolutely. or less. Right? I mean, yeah. She fully like she lived in Haight Ashbury and like right. And it was like, but it's like her whole thing was like the way that she experiences music. It's like if there's a beat playing, 
I mean, it could literally be like from a car driving by. Yeah. Start to dance, you know what I mean? And so it's like the way that she listens to music is very sensual, you know? And then uh, my, my dad is a lot more of like a artist kind of, he's a, he was a painter and he like had more kind of. Right. Um, I knew that we'd had a conversation about this. Like you yeah. told me like early on that he was a painter. Yeah. And he was, you know, an amazing painter. I have like, my house is full of his paintings. You know? Yeah. But it's like a, he, he kind of like, you know, his whole thing was totally like, he wanted to turn me on to stuff and half the time I didn't, I didn't like it, but yeah, you know, secretly he ended up turning me on to most of the shit that I actually became super close with because at one point in time he was living in this dude's garage and, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he had to move for some odd reason or another. And he gave me his records, which was like a stack of, uh, you know, a small stack of, LPs and mm -hmm. it was it was like Cream and and the Beatles and all this like kind of classic stuff like Joe Walsh Barnstorm and like mm. like you know these kind of like albums that are are just like in the you know everyone has heard these albums forever you know what I mean sure but like a kind of amazing uh you know, I, I, he kind of got 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 he, he got more he warmed up over time and he ended up like joining my band at one point in time, which was oh really pretty cool because you know like I mean he was a massively influential on my like you know like it, it was you know it was typical kind of like you know trying to like once I started to like realize that he was he was actually not some like lamo you know what mm. I mean. Like, <laughs> he like he was i started to be like wow i, I want to know why he similarly like why do i like why does this guy like raw power or why do i like the sonic youth album it's like uh you know i he used to play drums a very specific way and i would just be like man what what is it what is it about this drumming that is the thing and you know and, and then i joined some of his weird bar bands because like in the 90s <laughs> he was still playing and like these weird bands and they they all played like the same songs like for years and years and years i mean when he moved to america it was like he moved to detroit because he figured that that was where the where where was. where was he born he was from ireland oh he was from okay yeah but he was like he, he came up in london in the 60s so it was mm -hmm. like the most amazing i mean like his whole like his the people he was just like in the, it was like his chicago was yeah like, you know what I mean? And it was like 1965, you know, and crazy, insane, you know, like his stories are completely mental, you know, and just uh, did he did he stop painting or? Well, he did when he died. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I did. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know no, 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 that he passed cool. away. No, he, he passed away like 11 years ago. But oh, okay. he he, uh, he painted. Yeah, he, he painted, painted to the to the end. end. Yeah. And he actually had a show up, which was kind of I mean that you know I think about like his his whole path and it was like kind of amazing how like he never ever had a show up I mean like mm -hmm. and and uh, he moved to Joshua Tree for the last eight months of his life and he had a show up for mm -hmm. you know, the first time that I could even ever remember and it was like I went to go take his show down you know yeah yeah is it is it is his work documented anywhere or is there any just, kind of just on my walls yeah wow <laughs> my, my sister's walls or my yeah my mom's house my mom has a few but it's like you know like i'm the one who's really like super protective of the paintings like my my sister and my mom they're not they don't think of them i mean 
they have a different relationship to them but like you know like if i like I, I get really freaked out like when my sister moved i like saw one of the paintings just kind of haphazardly leaning up against a wall and i was like yeah what the fuck like you gotta put that somewhere safe you know? mm -hmm. but um you know i was like really scared when i moved the paintings you know yeah like, i like asked my friend who's a painter in la to like help me transport them because like i was scared of you know i didn't want it of damaging them yeah yeah like, you know i mean and a few I've had for my whole life, so I yeah, are they feel a little less precious. But like the, there's some of these things that are just like crazy documents of like moments in time. Like I have this, I have this uh, Indian chief, like above my couch, and it, 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 he, you know, he got into this weird place where he was like, he painted a lot of portraits, and a lot of them were like Native Americans, and mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, this, you know, at one point in time, he started to get really upset with his work because he was like, I don't want to, he's like, all I do is paint this fucking cartoonish shit, you know, mm -hmm. which isn't the case at all. It's, yeah. but it's, he saw it that way and he got really angry with this painting and he went out and he, it, I, I showed up to his house one day and he was like, and it was, this painting was completely mangled. And I was like, what the hell happened? And he's like, I got so upset. And I went to the liquor store and bought a bottle of John Jameson and, <laughs> yeah and then i just like attacked this painting with a palette knife and yeah and it, that's what it came out and it's like really like a crazy painting it, you know like every time you look at it you see a different angle to it you know and you have that one or yeah that yeah one really important important to me you know that that's really cool uh <laughs> so what, what uh back to the, the 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 all the bar bands what what was their repertoire you said they were they were all playing the same things yeah like, i mean it's like, like it's, what 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 were like, you know like it, it, it's it's so crazy because it's like i guess it's like 80 like the 80s it yeah. was like bar band kind of pantheon you know so it was like things like jj kale songs or okay or like uh you know there were there was like lay down sally was a song okay yeah you know like these th these types of songs like sneaking sally there's all these sallies you know what i mean like like all the all the all the shit that eric clapton performed <laughs> like, basically basically <laughs> sneaking sally in the alley and stuff uh, and like uh gee, what did sally ever do to these fucking folkies or whatever <laughs> i don't know man but, uh, long talk it, it, sally, you know? yeah it rhymes really easy i bet that's all it is you know? cool name you know but uh <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many songs i mean it's like hard for me to even remember it's like i can like but like jj kale was like a big and all of those like tulsa mm. you know like I mean, yeah. my dad and, and and like and like then there was also like like the Donny Hathaway songs and the you know it even kind of sometimes went into like some like you know Peter Green era Fleetwood Mac mm. you know my dad actually was like a friend of Peter Green's back in the day so wow kind of like weird thing. yeah I had that uh I made a playlist for my the last book that came out in 2021 the book about bars working in bars and yeah. Al albatross was on there because that was the name of the the fictional the bar i made up in my oh, book wow. albatross wow cool which is a cool cool instrumental and it's a cool name for a bar jesus the albatross it's a perfect name for a bar i think totally because <laughs> that's what happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, to uh, people yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's it's a bar based on you know the, the bars i worked at but <laughs> it's crazy because like back in the day like you, like 
I mean, I, some of my earliest memories are like these bars in LA of like my uncle's band playing and they would play like originals for the most part, mm. but they would have to play like a, c- a couple sets a night. So it would be like, you know, they'd play a bunch of whatever and like, a, but it was like, you know, you'd go into these bars and people were there to dance. You know? Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just an amazing, weird sort of like memory because I don't remember the last time I saw something like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was actually, when I first moved to Chicago, I was playing with this guy Dave Zolo in in, in Iowa, and we <laughs> we would go to like around Iowa to play some of these kind of similar gigs, like bar bar band gigs. And there was a couple of times that like you'd see these kind of like I don't know. It's like it's really like it reminds me of like my childhood because it's like it's certain type of a character who hangs out in a bar. You know what I mean? Like sure, especially one that like wants to go hear live music and they don't even know who's playing necessarily you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean the scene of you know whatever indie rock or whatever bands that's a very it's a it's a very different type of thing no they're like into the music whereas like these people just want to yeah dance and like maybe you know find somebody or yeah i mean it's very very few times except for the like the special nights like you know at the empty bottle people go to see the bands they don't go to dance you know we started a band me and leroy in chicago did you ever go to that ever um we 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 started like a band for that idea like we would just no we played at the big horse like every week and it was Mm. the best thing ever you know (laughs) yeah like man they it was like the word got out at a certain point and people started coming just just to like party you know yeah and it was like the, the probably the greatest moment of my whole like yeah it's like kind of like a dream fantasy to like be in a thing like that you know marvin would come and sing some songs or yeah just just saw marvin at bill's house uh, oh cool uh, bill had a birthday party uh and yeah marvin was there i love that guy so much he's a character yeah Yeah. unbelievable like unbelievable uh i think about his songs a lot Yeah, him and him and Bill have been doing stuff fairly regularly, doing shows yeah, I've and noticed stuff. It. Yeah. Like, do they do it like as a duo? Or? Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Bill just play. Yeah, accompanies him. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's what Leroy used to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leroy's another fucking crazy genius. Uh, like, and yeah, sort of a mi- what? He's coming to California to play. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's been working on some music with this woman named Claire, who goes by the name Official Claire. It was really, really good. Um, if you, you should check it out, it, it, there's like a band camp with some o- official Claire. Official Claire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a cool name! But it's like her songs are just like they're just cool. Like you know, like she's got this ch- really kind of chill style, and it's but it it's fun to listen to, you know. And uh, they're coming to play. At least there's they're gonna play in San Francisco. We're gonna play it together in San Francisco. But then there's hopefully it's going to be a show here but it's just so cool because like i mean geez like so rarely get to see leroy outside of chicago yeah he's uh yeah i don't know i have i haven't had very many long conversations with him i don't i mean i know he'd be great for this this uh whatever you call it talk show yeah the 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 not podcast yeah (laughs) uh the anything but a podcast uh yeah, it, it's stu- I mean, it's dumb to get stuck on these terms and stuff, but there's just so ugly sounding. Blog was another one. Blog was a, <laughs> like blog sounds like something that's floating in your fucking toilet, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's sort of why I think 
pretty cool because it's like this is sort of like, you know what I mean? like, yeah it's just like the sound of it is all you know it's not pleasant it's not what <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah i don't he's 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 a little bit unapproachable uh, leroy uh, i i mean i understand what you mean but but yeah. like all you got to do is approach those people you know i know i know <laughs> i mean i remember when he was bartending at rainbow you know like yeah man i mean i thought he was like a movie star uh, yeah I, like he looks so cool and like has this like this like kind of old hollywood kind yeah. of like Thing. Yeah, he's got yeah. this throwback thing. Uh, Amazing, man. I, and, I was like, is this guy like a fucking movie star? Like, well, who the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's definitely got that thing that a lot of really, I mean, particular and sort of icon- iconoclastic people have where they, they follow their own instincts and those instincts are often at odds with commerce, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if he wasn't, who he is he he could you know he could still be in wilco you know making making the millions <laughs> you know? right i mean it, but it, you know it's like it's kind of amazing i mean that's like that's the thing that like about the chicago music universe to me that was so impressive was like yeah. that like there was a sustainability to it even though it didn't have to do with commerciality necessarily you know? oh yeah and like you know in la there's no such thing as that and like i mean really? there was there kind of was i mean like but it wasn't sustainable it was like um you know like there was such a small amount of people interested in weird experimental stuff back in the day but uh, yeah i mean i heard yeah there was i had a friend who's passed away that she she was from la more or less and she talked about how you know you could go see tom waits playing a bar you know yeah i mean i never saw that but that sounds yeah cool i mean like back in the day there was like this incredible scene of teenagers who who were playing really far out music and like it's kind of insane like when i look back it was just like damn that was a that was an amazing scene Mm -hmm. and like a they there's nothing that's ever been like that ever since and yeah and and uh they started the smell which is like now a a full-on institution here yeah, I've heard of that. I don't really know what that is exactly. I mean, it's but... just an all ages club. Yeah. I mean, what it was was like the bands in LA that were doing weird. These teenagers, literally, like, mm-hmm. know, were were doing uh, were doing crazy music. I mean, like in this band, Godsick Pink was so amazing, and they they basically kind of were like the main catalyst. Them and some a few other musicians, but like to start this thing because they, they would play shows at these weird places coffee shops are like weird this black box theater place called the raven playhouse and like the guy who ran it was fucked up and uh they they rented the storefront next door and it was like let's just rent a place and do our own thing you know mm-hmm. i mean it's like it, that's the kind of thing that just like can't happen here anymore because it's like everyone's been so crushed by the economy of the place and like the you know chicago like what was so cool about chicago was showing up and being like Jesus Christ, like that weirdo playing dry ice can like get paid to do that shit. I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't like a lot of money, but it was like, you know, like you, you know, these guys would, were figuring it out. And yeah, I mean, one of the big reasons, well, there's many reasons that keep me here, but one of them is that how, you know, there's still affordable places to live. Yeah, but isn't and, it getting like really expensive there? It it just I mean it's a huge city, you know. All you do is pick up and move. I mean, I've moved three, four times 
from gentrifying neighborhoods, you know? No, for sure. But I mean, like, how much is rent in Bridgeport these days? Uh, my my rent is eight fifty. Oh wow, that's cool. But I've got, I mean, I've got, you know, I happened on. It was the the people that own this house, the couple that owns this house that's got rehabbing it right now. On top of my head is uh, they were regulars at the Skylark, you know. Uh, that's how I. And I did a, 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 like a six hundred fifty dollar apartment when I left there with yeah insane because like my rent's like almost four times that now. Sure. Yeah, LA is very expensive. Well, it didn't used to be. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's like you know, but uh, I mean, back when I was living there, I bet, I bet, I bet, like now that, like when I was living in Chicago, LA was probably about as expensive as Chicago is now. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, but there's what, yeah, there's ways to get by here. I mean, what, there is, it's got its own problems, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, like the, I just like the fact that like. People kind of value stuff differently there. It seems like, I mean, at least in the creative communities. You know, it's all it's all about the work here. It's not about being famous or anything well, here. Sort of a little bit of both, but, uh, it, uh, but it, it's like I feel like, but but people like to like generate their own. I mean, it has a real kind of DIY feeling. You know, yeah, where they like to generate their own their own kind of fame if they have it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you know, it's like you go like. I remember like when I first got there, I was like a giant Fred Longberg home fan from like, mm. the like various weird records that I'd heard about or something. And, like, yeah. It was kind of amazing to me to like see him play in some basement or something and be like, this guy's like a legend, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, you know, that's like the kind of, you know, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that stuck out to me. So this is like, you know, it's like in Chicago, he, He's just, he's like, he's here playing in the basement. Well, yeah, that's, I think that those kinds of moments are definitely those kind of coming of age or like where you realize how the world actually works kind of moments. Yeah. I had that when I first started hanging out at Rainbow and, and uh, realized John Haggerty was a bartender there. Totally. And, you know, he's the guitar player for Naked Ray Gun. Yeah, and like, yeah. how could that, that just broke my fucking head. You know, I didn't understand how that could be. It's that, pretty crazy that yeah it's funny because like when my when i first moved there or when i first got there it was like days after i first got there i met this dude brian and we he 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 took me to the rainbow and it was like he's like this place fucking sucks and I'm yeah like, yeah and i was like why does it suck and he's like it's just like all these hipsters hang out there yeah i mean like tim kinsella is the bartender you know yeah and i was like i was like who's that you know and he's like he's like he's in this band joan of arc i mean he's like you know, like, yeah, it, it's just like everyone, you know, but it was like it, within two weeks, everybody was friends. It was just kind of like this, like, insane thing where, like, you're like intimidated by like the cool musician or something, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of funny to me to think that that was like the entry point. It was like, it's like this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of places people that think that place sucks, and I understand why, you know, that's well, yeah, it's not it's for everyone. No, for sure. But it, it sort of, yeah. I mean, like, I, it's funny that, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like I think back at like these um, these times uh, there as, as being really kind of, yeah. It just trips me out if I think about it. You know, for sure, for sure. It trip me out. Trip me out about seeing these younger people there now because, like, I looked at them. I like I turned around from the bar and I was like, take it all in, and I was like, holy shit, these these kids look like they're fucking teenagers you know like mm -hmm. yeah like fucking a like you know and then i you know i was just like 
uh, I don't know, just it, it just it, it there's some kind of like crazy thing that happened at that moment where I was like, dude, this is too crazy. I mean, one of the things with bars is like you sort of you go there and time stands still and it and when the outside world intrudes and it's kind of disruptive and it, it fucks you up, you know what I mean? Mm. The like the like the bars that like a bar that you're a regular at. Like, do you have it? Do you have any of those in LA for you? Or, I mean, there's a there's a there's a couple places that I I go can go to and like know the people there. You know yeah. What I mean? But it's like I don't know. It's like the LA. I mean, I've definitely changed a lot, you know. But sure. Also, like the LA um, experience is just so different, you know. I mean, like uh, you got to drive it, everywhere. Well, you got to drive everywhere, which definitely changes the whole like going and drinking at a bar. Scenario. Yeah. But I mean, Uber is like ch really changed the whole uh, thing with the city. Like everyone hated LA until suddenly you could. Get yeah. There, you know, my uh, my brother, my baby brother lives there. He's lived there for a while. They, they bought a house. At, he's in Redondo Beach. Oh, man, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got a house. I, I I went I went for a couple of days. I had to leave here because they were actually not like had to rip through my kitchen wall to redo the plumbing for upstairs. Damn. I was there for two days. Man, I did. Well, next time you come, you gotta call me because I, I you know I, I, I totally forgot you were like yeah. I did. I was trying to remember who I knew in L.A. Yeah. And I I, I spaced. I'm sorry. Uh, and oh, I wasn't I wasn't there long. Plus I was doing this crazy thing. Like I drove there. Oh wow. I, in a sec, I, I did that in December. I went, my ex-wife lives in San Francisco. I did that, drove there in two days. Oh, wow. yeah. Did that with LA because I found it, figured out it was the same mileage to LA and San Francisco from here. Almost exactly the same. Uh, but uh, yeah. The, 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 the LA is, the thing about LA is that like, and it's, it's, it's it, this is totally a crazy idea, but it's like people don't like, people don't like LA people, you know, which yeah. totally makes sense. I mean, I mean, I don't really like LA people either, but like- But you're one of the rare people that is an LA, an actual well, LA person. Well, to, to, to be honest, like what <laughs> yeah. it is, is that what the, the people that people are referring to when they say they don't like LA people, mm -hmm. it's a type of person who actually isn't from LA, is somebody who moved to LA to uh, do all this crap, you know mm. And it's like, um, it's really kind of insane because like, you know, in the time span of me uh, uh, moving to Chicago and like uh, getting to know it and, and a lot of people there, I've known seemingly dozens of people who have moved here from there, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, it's really kind of jarring because uh, it's, uh, there's a few of them that totally are, remain like this type of person that they were in Chicago, but it's like, most of them are like these people who have tried to like, you know, be upwardly mobile, yeah, you know, in the in the entertainment business and 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 or in the whatever social. But the thing is, is that it's like they go out and you see them there, and they, they are the people that they forever have told themselves that they like. Are, I was like, I don't like LA people, and it's like there you are, you are. They uh, they became like the thing they hate, huh? <laughs> sort of. I mean, it's like, yeah. but it's it's just hard to like. It's hard to understand because it's like they think they hate LA people and they're not one of them because they're not from LA. But then they don't understand that they they never they don't barely know anyone from LA, mm -hmm. and, and like their understanding of what LA people are like 
these name dropping like yeah networky type of like weirdos who have really nothing going on they're out at the fucking bar every night you know what I mean? yeah and it's like um you know for me it's just like i like the reason why i'm here i came home i w- wanted to be close to my family and being like it, the places that i like to go i mean i like being anonymous i mean that when i left chicago it was like because i couldn't stand that like it took me like a huge effort to find a place where i didn't know anyone you know what i mean oh you you'd lost that in chicago you couldn't do that in I, chicago anymore or? well maybe it was because the, my world had just like gotten really narrow or something but it was like i was you know, but what, like, were you like, already you were playing with uh, Will Oldham before you left Chicago, or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I play I I, I was playing with him for years. Yeah. But, you know, and but, but it was it was kind of like, just you know, you'd go out and you'd see people you knew, which is yeah. fine, and I like for the most part for people that I know there. It's just that it's like, I don't know. I just I'm I I guess I realize I'm kind of somewhat of like a, an introvert who likes privacy and like yeah. You know, it's like this thing where I, I sometimes I just don't want to feel like I'm in my house, or and sometimes I don't want to go somewhere where I have to like, t- you know, have this pre-established relationship. Yeah, like the, the the feeling of anonymity, and that's why I like LA because, you know, for me, like I like to go places that I mean, I live in Koreatown, which is like this <laughs> kind of bizarre neighborhood that like generally people are like kind of intimidated by and, and don't know how to navigate through because it's like the only real urban part of town mm-hmm. i really love it i really love it because yeah i can go I, I there's all these really deep places that like nobody seems to ever like yeah go to. and it's like it's strange to me because it's like you know they go to the same places where they run into like the same people that they run into in brooklyn and chicago and yeah and all those their international community that's like they're in, in LA now and it's so they go to these places that are like it's like here's the Brooklyn scene and here's the, yeah you know but it's like I, I don't know I mean I like the LA you know I like being in K-Town or I like finding these weird secret spots and and you know I know about them because I've spent 41 years coming here you know what I mean? yeah and so it's like my my understanding of it is bigger I think if I was from Chicago I'd probably have a different relationship to it, you know, where I'd probably be more like, oh, I'm going to hang out and fucking whatever, you know. Yeah, I, you I, can I, get, I was going to say that you can do that here. You have to move neighborhoods, though. Like, you can't stay in whatever, Wicker Park or Logan Square. Yeah, for sure. You, yeah. I mean, and I've, I've done that repeatedly here, lost whole groups of friends, you know, relationships, whatever, and started over. And uh, I go back, you, you know, like, there's a couple of places, like, I go back to Rainbow, but I, I haven't lived... I haven't lived on the north side of Chicago in 18 years, you know? Yeah, so it's like I mean, it's like awesome. a fucking field trip to me, you know? I always thought that Rogers Park was pretty cool. Yeah, there's Rogers Park. I mean, that's far away. But yeah, I like, I always wanted to live in Bridgeport. And then I had, you know, I had a relationship end and I figured I'd give it a try. And I've been here like seven years and I really like it. That's awesome. Yeah. Good friends in Pilsen and stuff. Yeah. 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 And Pilsen's just, just north of me. Uh, but Pilsen's like, I've never been able to afford Pilsen. Pilsen's been up and coming. Like they've been trying to turn it into Wicker Park forever and they've now succeeded, you know? Yeah. That's so crazy. I mean, like, cause, cause it was, it was, uh, that was like where you could get an actually cheap place. When, uh, no, you can't. I mean, well, Bill, uh, uh, Bill McKay, he lives just west of there. It's funny. Bill lives on the same block. I live like two, two doors down. 
and he's got this big drawing I traded for guitar lessons with him like a million years ago. Uh-huh. And it was drawn out of the window like two doors down from where he lives now. Wow. <laughs> so it's like I my joke is that the drawing made him like it was like a gravitational pull, you know, pulled him to that block. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh but that that's called uh, where he is it's called actually heart of chicago it's by western and 24th street wow. it's not but they like they'll call it pilsen because but that's that's realtor language you know that's bullshit yeah totally. that's not actual pilsen it's actually it's closer to a little village if anything that, but because that's south of pilsen right a little bit south and west really like depending on what like you know right, if, like ashland is kind of where pilsen is right yeah uh yeah actually I think technically west of Ashland is no longer Pilsen, but but definitely west of Damon is not Pilsen, but people keep calling it Pilsen. It's like I remember when I first moved back here, it was it was in the late 90s and like Lincoln Park was the hot place. And at at certain points, like Lincoln Park would go as far west as like Ashland, you know, (laughs) because that's what was selling. You know what I mean? And then Logan Square is gigantic, you know, like. Remember, it was the same thing with Bucktown. Yeah. It would be like West Bucktown, and it's like, this isn't West Bucktown. Yeah, this is Humboldt Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, yeah, that, that's all just commerce. That's, that's bullshit. But, uh... yeah, it's the same here. And, and the, the town I grew up in in LA is called Van Nuys. And like, mm. the, the exact... Where is that geographically? In... It's, it's, uh, it's in the valley. Mm. And uh, the, 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 funny thing is like the exact location of where i lived was is now called valley glen which is like so ridiculous and like i have this friend who's uh there's all these there's this industrial part of of town of, of van nuys that has all these kind of interesting warehouse kind of junk shops and thrift mm-hmm. stores and stuff and like uh i have this friend who's a clothing freak and she she's always like I had such a great day in Valley Glen today, and I was like, "Fuck you, man! That shit's been nice." Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I feel like a traitor to be honest. I, I should move back, you know. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> like, like back, I, back I mean, to your hometown? I mean, it's like it's just over there, but yeah. You know, but it's like you know, my I just like I I always talk this big talk like when we if I'm ever in a car with my friends and we're like driving through the valley, I'm like. Look at it. look at this, guys. This is the this is the majestic Van Nuys. <laughs> yeah. But it's a shithole. I mean, it's yeah, it's where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know where it's from. Is it the shithole? <laughs> well, it's just it, it's just. I mean, it's. I like. I mean, I I really like the fact that like my um, you know, LA is such a strange place because it's 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 the the city of artificial everything you know what i mean yeah. so, like it's kind of amazing to be from this specific layer of that you you, you mean you mean uh, you're referring to plastic land right yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's just every aspect of it it's like everything's fake and like you yeah. have like this but it's also like you, there's w- different ways that you can look at that i mean it's like you know the movie business is just fake you know yeah I mean, like my my dad was a hit when he finally got a real job it was like his job was to make buildings look like they were you know, hundred years old. You know, mm. at the for the movies. And oh, he was he was like a set guy. He was a set painter, and he like you know like yeah. I remember he would show me he was working for Lonesome Dove, and he would like mm. show me these like these these they would build a shack from scratch, and then he'd he'd show me that, and then he'd show me like the after they were done with it, and it was like oh, there's a four hundred year old shack, you know. Yeah. It's kind of amazing because it's like 
damn, like, um, you know, and he's like, man, all this shit is, he would just say, it's all phony baloney, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's also, it's, it's the imagination at work, you know what I mean? So sure. This amazing thing where in LA, you could live in the, you can live in the mountains, you could live in the valleys, you could live in the forest, you could live in the beach, you could live in the desert, you could live in the city. Yeah. I mean, it's all of that shit. And if you, and, and when you go to these different areas, it's, it's like a comedy because it's like you go into the canyon and you see all the bell-bottomed, long-haired people with fringe jackets on and shit. Yeah. And then you go into the city and you see all these like harsh city people and you go into the valley and you see all the suburban people and you see and you go into the, you know, it's just, it's funny. The desert people are all like, Mm. it's ridiculous everyone's at a fucking costume party all, all the yeah time. i mean like when i went to upstate new york in december to i, I hadn't been there in, you know to see any of the like scene of upstate new york and it was amazing i mean it's like these new york city fucking people who are like fashion people you know they, they know yeah. about fashion and they're like dressed dressing up like they're in the country they have like these flannels and these overalls yeah well because they all fled the city yeah, but it's funny that they have to dress the part. It's like, sure. You know, like, I mean, I when I moved to, I lived in Port Townsend, Washington, for a little while, and it was the coolest thing ever, made most amazing town. But like, the first thing I saw as I drove into the town was this dude wearing leather pants and a crazy fur coat, and he was like this rock star. And I was like, mm. who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> this like town of one street, you know? Yeah. Like, like I'm definitely gonna meet this guy before the night's over, and of course. I met this dude and he was like my friend but you know it's just kind of like this amazing thing where it's like yeah it's funny how like the city people feel like you have to move to the country or to the desert mm. or whatever. And you have to have your costume yeah you have to yeah. become a, a local or something where it's like local people aren't you know they're not like fucking living in the fucking I love Lucy yeah know? like they're you know who knows what the fuck they are they might be eccentric weirdos who wear leather pants and a fucking uh fur coat <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? it's an amazing thing so f as far as music goes what's you said you're when we're starting to talk yeah i i looked it up but like this cassette label like you and yeah. you know cassettes are impossible to find anywhere unless you know i guess like how how does that how does anybody ever get one of these cassettes well it's you know it's kind of <laughs> funny it's like you know like it, it there's a there's a there is some an aspect of it that it, it's I'm trying to do something that's not trying to reduce your relationship to a computer, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, I, I and you know exactly. And yeah. a phone and stuff. But like, the thing is like, of course, the only way that people end up really finding out about this stuff or the main way that people find out about this stuff is through Instagram. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a lie, I guess, but it's like, um, you know, I, the, the point of it was to kind of get the word out and uh, hopefully it would generate a community of people who were, because I mean I, I've have sent out two, and I think that I think that I'll probably do it like that, like send send these out like twice a year, where I'll, I'll put out like a a newsletter yeah. to everyone who's bought a tape, you know, and and you know I work at this letterpress studio, so it's like I make these gorgeous letterpress mm. things, mm. and uh, you know you'll get a, a a newsletter in the mail that's like telling yeah. you about some weird you know me and my friend write these weird things and um and we collaborate on these w written pieces but then they'll be yeah. like here's the tape coming up you know what i mean yeah but, but it's like a you know the, hopefully the idea was to be like it's all 
it's all physical like you have a physical thing oh i i mean i i absolutely am, am into that uh yeah. it's just and, hard yeah. to do because it's like you know it's just not the way that pe people defer their information to their devices now i mean it's just like you know it's like tell me about the show and it's like cool hopefully i'll see a post about it and we get reminded about it or hopefully yeah text, text me about it or something or i don't know but it's like a you know that's the idea and you know for music stuff it's weird it's like i've i don't know i've, I've reached a point with it that like i uh i guess it you know it's it feels like a political stance you know where i feel completely uh pissed off at the way that it's like the 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 recording the recorded music so it's like the it's so complicated i mean it's like musicians generally make a living off of playing shows right yeah and, uh, and they get they get they get shows because they have a record out and mm -hmm. the record is pumped through the channels and it becomes popular or not popular and it that determines whether or not you get booking yeah know? and so it's like it's really that basic you know what i mean it's like yeah. no one gives a fuck i mean it's and and to be fair it's like i don't even know if anyone is even really listening to any of it it's like they just hear noise you know it's like they go to they, there's a spotify playlist or there's a you know back yeah. in the before it was like a pandora channel or something. sure yeah and it's like they just hear the stuff and it's like oh i like this band now and it's like really like crazy and then a month later or two months later they no one knows anything about the band so it's like funny to me and then you know, they're not really like, I'm, I, I'm honestly curious if people actually listen to this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, you know, like I go out and see, you know, where things actually take place is there's an energetic exchange at the show. And so it's like, yeah, that's what I always wanted to do is be a part of that exchange. And the recording aspect is like, I mean, I, I obviously love recordings, but it's like, there's an aspect of it that I find to be perverse now because it's like generally you go to a show and it's it's people with their bodies imperfectly trying to recreate this thing that they've frozen in time as like the the definitive yeah. version and and so few people think about the recording as just like I mean that was like the that's like literally like the biggest part of my uh, you know why my work with will oldham has been so so extremely impactful to me is that like when we make a record it's like i mean i remember i'll never forget the first time we i i was part of like an entire recording process like i was there mm -hmm. for the mixing i was there for everything and then like a and when we fi finished this mix i felt like completely vanquished like totally exhausted in every mm -hmm. possible way and I, I remember we were like having a beer at the end of the night and i was like well it's finished now and he's like what are you fucking talking about? It's just starting, you know? Mm. And I was like, damn, that totally is the way we do shit. Cause it's like, we go out on tour and we now we get to the song gets to have a life and it yeah. gets to grow and turn into what it will become. And hopefully if you're lucky, there is no definitive version. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My favorite bands uh, or music is when I, not only is it different than the record, but like it's different each time. Like yeah, I saw, yeah. just wrote about it. Like yeah, the, like I quit all the social media a while ago, and it's saved my, saved my fucking sanity. But like I, I write a newsletter, and I wrote one yeah. about going to see Dead Rider like a week yeah. or two ago, 
And that guy, I mean, that band is so fucking restless. They no two shows are ever alike, and they're all so fucking good at like technically, but like they don't care. Like they're always out on some kind of like they're try to fuck themselves up, and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, doing exactly what you mean. Doing strange stuff, and it's very obvious they're not trying to recreate anything they ever did before. You know? No, I mean, and you know, I I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. Like that that that's a amazing amazing band i mean like the i remember seeing them here in la once and it was totally insane because like tim jones was in it in it at the time Mm. and i I remember being like looking around the room and i was like do you guys fucking know who tim jones is i mean yeah he's like you know and like we you know fuck i mean cheer accident remains the greatest band i've ever seen you know Mm. And like, I, I don't even know if like anyone in LA has ever seen them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's just crazy to me to think that they were like, he was there playing with Todd Rittman, who's like the greatest guitar player. I mean, it's just kind of insane to me. Cause like, I mean, I remember when we were doing this blind date party thing this past or during the pandemic, the, do you know about that? The, the, no. Uh, like Drag City, it was this kind of amazing project that Drag City put together this, um, Bill Callahan. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, yeah, we, we, we texted about that, yeah, because Bill was doing that, and like everybody. Yeah, everyone was doing it. And yeah, it was, so, it was such a cool project, and it was such a great thing to listen to all the songs as they were yeah. coming out. And like when the Dead Rider one was like this, like blazing, insane guitar, and like, <laughs> you know, I don't know Todd very well. I mean, I we we know each other, but like, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I'm not in touch with him or anything. Like but, another like, another guy that's sort of not super approachable. No, he's, he, he he's 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 always throwing every time I've interacted with him, it's like a curveball. I feel like, yeah, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm such a gigantic insane fan of his. And like, I wrote him a, a message on Instagram that was like, it's crazy. I hate every guitar player. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't like, I'm not into guitar really. I mean, like, yeah. I, maybe that's why I play it or something, you know, mm. but it's like, a, I fucking, uh, I wrote him a thing being like, I, I hate every guitar player. And <laughs> like, I think you're like the best fucking guitar player yeah he didn't respond which is so classic you know yeah 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 he's not i'm a huge fan yeah he's pretty chilly on a personal level i've I've never actually i used to wait on him when i worked at bite you know next to the empty bottle yeah right and uh yeah he just looked like at all times as if like he just swallowed a a lemon hole you know like he just looked a bit like weird and in like not he's not yeah there was walls around him you know Totally. And, and, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I get it. I mean, I don't know. It's like all of the stuff that I've seen him do has just been like so next level. And like, you know, you don't really get to um, that place. Well, he was, I, I mean, you know, these people, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was this scary ass band, you know, us Maple where, and that uh, the weird thing is that the, the two crazy genius guitarists who are very very different you know oh amazing shippy's a lot friendlier like shippy shippy's fun to talk to although he's like he's on his own planet too but uh i'm I'm sort of friends with him but uh they're such different guitar players yeah but both so amazing but that's just like the greatest band ever (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it was funny i was talking with um somebody on tour this last time and it was like they're just like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I've heard their recording because I just don't really get it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. You know, like, 
yeah, it's that if you try to like if you try to like usurp something from them, it's like you're just gonna fail. You know what I mean? Like they're just not. That's not what they do. They do something completely. I don't even know. It's like to me, it's like I feel like they just they they bring you as close to the edge as possible, and then they just completely do the opposite of what you want. You know? What I mean? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's like Cubist rock. Like they, it's all it's like, I don't know. It's whatever it's cock rock but without with all the catchy parts taken out you know <laughs> yeah they sound like a rubber band yeah yeah uh i, I love that pat's that that drummer is so great the, the original drummer of you know us maple but yeah they i mean i remember seeing them and they were the first band in years and years where like it felt like there was danger you know like yeah. i'd forgotten what that felt like you know and they were so hostile and not like acknowledging the audience you know they played like with the back to the audience for the most part you know totally. they were just so into their thing uh it's so amazing because it's like you know that's a that's a it's an interesting time to talk group to talk about and time to talk about because you know it's like i know so the last time when's the last time you felt like that at a show like where you were like in some kind of truly sketchy situation that was like you know not sketchy, but I'll I'll tell you I, I saw um I saw Lightning Bolt play here like a month ago. You know that band? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was really I mean like they they commanded a room in a particular way, like the way they transformed the audience by in, they played, you know, in the middle. They played Italia Hall, but in the on the middle of the floor, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a there was a feeling of that. It was also pegged to the like, you know, it was a people were more or less feel, felt safe to take masks off and stuff. It was just this mass of humanity, you know? Yeah, totally. And there was, there was a different, there was an unusual feeling in that room, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are lightning bolts there. <coughs> they say they are. You know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, I remember, I remember seeing them back in the day when they were like first sort of popular and it was totally crazy. Like, you know, it was like the first time that, you know, in since I was a teenager, where I walked out of the show just like drenched in sweat and like yeah, yeah and you're not being able to hear like yeah, I can't the hear time it, I and your body is knackered from like smashing <laughs> around into like a crowd of people that are like writhing around. Yeah, I I actually uh, yeah so yeah I didn't do that I, I I watched most of the show from the balcony Italia, which was really cool because you could just see this roiling mass of humanity, you know. Yeah. So below and I, I made a sketch and they actually posted it on their website which is really nice of them you know but uh that was that was a very cool thing uh but i i'd seen them at the bottle and that was maybe the loudest show i've ever seen oh, wow, cool. but like i was i was backed away as far as you can go at the bottle again like by the piano in the back yeah. as far as from the stage as you can get and i could like it was just my ears were just ringing you know it was so loud <laughs> It was just two people, you know. Like. Awesome. This this woman who performs by the name Eviction now mm -hmm. is like been my like. It was like the the big kind of like thing for me where like she played this show in L.A. Like I got I I I don't even know how I got wind of her, but she's totally kind of like this brilliant kind of art noise lady and like a she played this show in LA and like the person saw that I was a fan of hers. And so they asked if I would play too. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, like, so I got to know her, but it was like this show that was so crazy. Cause it was like, 
she was just like kind of aggressing herself into this into the this small audience with the smell and it was like this kind of like it felt like that like at one point in time she was like throwing this insane metal ribbon around and it was like totally like it just seemed like man somebody could get injured here. yeah at one point she had a, a she was whipping she was using a whip and it was like you know like i saw it like smack my friend in the face and shit. yeah this is fucking amazing like when's the last time you know somebody like touched somebody i mean like when i play with ty when i first started playing with ty siegel he we had a band the muggers and and it was amazing because like he, it was it was all about confrontation and then he he was really like going out on a limb you know mm-hmm. what i mean it was amazing i mean yeah that was like some of the coolest shit i'd ever seen and like but it was like he um you know it's just like it's so it's so you're like crossing the line these days to like touch somebody sure yeah of course and 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 and, and of course it's like this thing where you know depending on who you are you know you have different license to cross these lines you know what i mean and like uh it was just amazing to see this woman victoria eviction do this thing where, where it was like you know kind of freak freaky and we we've become somewhat friends and and you know the last time i hung out with her she said she was describing i don't i remember what she was describing exactly but she referred to something called danger music you know <laughs> and i was like whoa what the hell i've never even heard yeah somebody refer to that as like a style or something yeah you know? like and it was so kind of amazing because it's like oh yeah you know it's like this guy like did this show where like he had a circular saw like going above him like hanging over him mm. or something and it was like you know like this crazy you know it could have gone so wrong you know? yeah I mean, like but it was like amazing that like that was the show it was like some noise show that the sound of a circular saw like hanging above a, du- a dude you know yeah and it's like damn that's fucking sick i mean like and it's like you know and it's like you don't want to hurt people but it's like you yeah. kind of want you want people to think that they might get hurt you know what I mean? no but i mean i remember in the 80s i'd go with my fake id in boston and go see the butthole surfers and they would drench a symbol in lighter fluid and set it up you know like just bash it and the flames would go up to the fucking ceiling you know this these little clubs and i mean this was many years before great white and all that stuff you know but yeah that was like that was a thing that happened all the time it's crazy (laughs) that like you know in this day and age you know like i mean of course like there's there's so much there's so much good intention behind what like what's going on like these different social movements it's yeah it's like it is also weird how you know it, it it's like we what we what we want is something that we've outlawed. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. The you mean the like the new Puritanism that we're yeah, in? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's like you know, and it's like and, and and it's funny because like you know, a lot of the shit. You know, I don't really find out about a lot of this stuff outside of some of my friends who are in LA who are, you know, they're really into like punk rock and they're really into punk ethos. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny to me because it's like. They, you know, they're, they would be the, you know, it's like, they're they're really, you know, they're very aware of like the, the lines in the sand and like, you know, like how people cross them in various ways. And they're very conscious of crossing the line and not crossing it and whatever, you know, that the fact that there is a line and it's like funny to me, because it's like, what, like, what, like punk band, you know, I mean, I guess that there was like a, there was like a, 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 and all those like, you know, like straight edge bands and yeah. shit like that. With it, but it's like, 
what punk band i mean ever wanted to like have it be like this thing where like people couldn't like completely go nuts you know what i mean like yeah uh, i mean i i sort of understand there's value in correcting you know injustices and people being mistreated uh, on a personal level but absolutely uh, at the same time if we're only gonna accept art made by uh moral good and moral people we're gonna have some boring ass fucking art out there well totally because good good people unfortunately yeah usually like you're a good person or or you make art (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you could be both it's just that it's like this weird it's, thing where it's like, a fucking unicorn there's not many you know yeah, like sure. but it's also, no. like, it's also like you know it's like it's not like i mean the funny thing is like you know I, I you know most of the books on my bookshelf are like by like are basically like cancelable yeah. books you know what I mean? sure and like the um it's funny because it's like they you know it's like half these fucking people like it's like it's like they weren't they weren't like sketchy people they wrote about sketchy things you know what i mean like you know like it's kind of insane either that or yeah they weren't super villains or like they they made bad decisions or they did shitty things but they weren't setting out to harm people they just fucked up i mean you know totally i mean or 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 they wrote something that was like you know like that the, the, the literature crossed the line you know what i mean like yeah and it's like and it's like well like what the fuck and then but then it's also like this double standard where you know like i mean i remember like in la like i was hanging out with this girl who like right at the time that like that all of this all of these bands were getting canceled and, and mm. uh, especially in the la scene that was like this this record label burger records that got like right i vaguely remember that who who's what uh yeah i mean they were just like an you know it's like say what you will about burger records but it's like you know they about like the quality of the music they put out so many fucking tapes and it was like this really cool i mean they they you know it's not like you know they were a springboard for for people to like get excited about rock and roll again you know yeah and so so like I definitely am aware, appreciative of that aspect of what they did. At the same time, I did, I liked maybe three bands that ever was associated yeah. with them, you know. But it's like this thing where like they got canceled because they were like, you know, scumbag fucking, you know, you know it's like a weird scene of like teenagers in Orange County who, you know, there was a lot of things that shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and fair enough, like it, it's great that that people are getting to like you know find a way to get some i don't know healing from whatever kind of bad experiences they had but yeah it was kind of insane because this one girl that i knew she was like she was telling me about her bad experiences in that community yeah and it it just so happened that at the time i was reading lemmy's autobiography Mm. which is like (laughs) a fucking hilarious book And, and you know it was like i remember like the night the the day that I hung out with this girl mm-hmm. and had this conversation with her. It was like, I was reading the book and the passage was about how he was like in Finland on tour with, with Motorhead. And he had, uh, and he, and he, he, he's like, that was the best tour ever. We, we, we scored with the most incredible women ever. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I had this 15 year old and, and who was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And I remember getting down on my knees and thanking God Mm-hmm. allowing this to happen you know what i mean like yeah yeah and i'm like and, and i said this to her you know because i was like because you're she, she's like a motorhead fan you know what mm-hmm. I mean? like 
yeah and, and i was like well what do you think about that you know what i mean she's like yeah. oh lemmy he's so great you know and I'm just yeah like, yeah well it's like you know i get it but it's like you kind of want lemmy at the same time as you don't want lemmy you know yeah and it's like i, I mean i get those that duality of that because it's like I don't really want Lemmy either, but I guess I kind of want Lemmy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I mean, you know, I think I mean, like I, most of the shithead people, it's like people are like, you know, Velvet Underground was like famous for being a complete dickheads. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, like, especially Lou Reed. Like the harshest, most hateful people. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, yeah. And, and, and like, you know, like no one wants to hang out with people like that. No, like, no, nobody does. But I yeah. think, yeah, for me, the bottom line is you have to separate the art and the artist. You have to. Like, like to me, the art is where like all those assholes put the best of themselves into, you know, what yeah. they leave. And I, I don't care. Like most of them, I don't want to know them. Like yeah. I, I gave Lou Reed a cab ride once. I didn't know I was completely tongue tied. I just like murmured something about thanking him for the music. You know, he didn't want to fucking talk to me. Yeah, right. And yeah, this like, and you know, I may as well have been like, you know, like in the presence of mythological creature, you know. Totally. And he was a shrunken little old man, you know, like in a members only jacket and bunny sneakers. But and I was taking him to the Trump fucking hotel, you know, because he was playing Lollapalooza. But it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, like, I didn't want to be friends with Lou Reed, you know, <laughs> uh, I but he made some of the greatest music ever made, you know, and and he did horrible things to a lot of people, you know, and both those things can coexist, you know. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, it's just kind of like this, this weird paradox of like, you know, like, how do we, I mean, I, I know that it's like, it's always like, you know, you go hard, hard extremes, and then, and then, and then they go the opposite way. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a correction. And, you know, the, the, there's this extreme swing to this, uh, this sort of like, justice for people that, that were treated badly. It's just it's a good thing. I mean, it's so well yeah. intended. It's just like it's like the, you know everyone has a lot of shit to unpack, and especially like since the, when the pandemic hit, it's just like you know it's like you get you have way too much time on your hands to like think about stuff. I also think yeah, people like I'm all for people tearing down statues and stuff, but just don't put up ones to your current heroes because they're gonna you're gonna find out about them sooner or later, you know. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's the whole, the whole thing is kind of like, if any, the lesson is don't fucking build statues to people because people are fucking flawed. They're, they're fucked up and you're going to find out. And, you know, once, once upon a time, like, you know, Columbus was a fucking hero to people and he's not anymore, no, totally. but uh, it's like, you know, so everyone, everyone, you know, has their, but it's also like, you know, we have to start to like, take into consideration the fact that like we actually like this these stories i mean it's like it's not it's never like you know like i remember when behind the music was starting mm. on vh1 it was like this thing where like you know the the, the band like the, the stories that were good were the ones were, were every single one of them had like the darkest period and it's, yeah like, that's the thing you want is you want to hear about the worst shit and it's like you know like we're you know it's like we want to we're gonna dethrone all the things and it's like yeah fucking hey let's do it i mean like but it's like you know it's like it, it, there is some kind of weird perversity to like wanting to see people kind of suffer you know what i mean like, sure well it's that uh gapers delay you know like people want to see a car crash 
totally man. you know <laughs> yeah and it's it's so crazy because we're saturated with fucked up shit right now i'm in it you know like there's this weird union in la right that's starting and um i think it's in la but it's like a musician's union which i'm totally mm. into the idea mm-hmm. but it's like it, it's like this crazy thing and like i've i've, I've never like com- like commented on a thing before but i got yeah. kind of incensed at this like at this post that they posted and it was about like how bands are like being mistreated on tour and stuff and it's like how why, mm. does, a band, why does a band have to like you know work you know be, be treated this way in order to barely even scrape by. yeah and i was like yeah totally but the photo was like it was so sensational i mean it's like there was like this kid sleeping on an amp in the oh yeah <laughs> and, I, and i was just like i was like dude like this is so fucked up. It's like, you know, like I, I, I've been working in every possible capacity in the music yeah. world for so long. And like, and it's like, yo, this isn't fucking, we're not essential workers, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're not like fucking people who, like we're doing the most bullshit thing ever. We're having fun with our friends and instruments, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's like, you're you're talking about like injustice it's like yeah and and i I, you know it's like you can't equate people suffering on in a van on tour to people actually suffering you know yeah like for sure it's like it's so fucked up that like we have this like culture of entitlement it's like yeah no no shit it's hard to go on tour but like why don't you fucking get a real job you know what i mean like oh absolutely yeah it is you know what i mean like and it's like good, you're so lucky that you get to like fuck around with your guitar, and so what you you lose money. It's like it's amazing that you can even afford to lose money. You know, what I mean? know. Like, no, it's it's like, def it's definitely a, a position of privilege. I mean, for personally, like sometimes I get like frustrated that like I have to do, you know, portraits of people's dogs. You know, yeah, to 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 pay some bills. But then I compare that to sitting on my ass 60 hours 80 hours a week in a cab you know and oh, totally everyone and, wants something to complain about you know? yeah yeah uh and then then i shut the fuck up but age will humble you that way you know because no, yeah totally. when i and it's also like you know like just having some having some perspective i mean it's kind of insane to me that right now we have this like these people like bitching about being in a van on tour when like literally we have the same exact image of people sleeping on the street and fucking like refugees. I mean, 4 million people have left Ukraine in the past fucking yeah. month. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, and, and we're seeing photos of people with their hands tied behind their backs and executed shot in the back of the head. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, we're, we're complaining about being on the fucking, you know, on a shitty tour because you're, because no one fucking knows your band because you can't figure out how to get people to hear your music because yeah. no one fucking cares. And it's like, who cares? I mean, it's like, you know, enjoy your fucking life. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm absolutely with you. But, and, but, but, you know, meanwhile, like a, a union is a great idea because like, you know, like there are people actively ripping off musicians. Well, as, yeah. And as you were saying, like this conundrum of the recording industry, where the only way a musician makes money is by playing live and they can't, you know, every recording is instantly copied and available for free to people. No, totally. I mean, this is why, this is the genesis of like this whole, this tape label. Yeah. 
it isn't even a tape label. It's like the reason why it's only been taped so far is because it's the cheapest medium yeah. that people aren't just horrified by. Like people hate CDs, but like yeah. my whole thing is like I'm I'm gearing up to start selling CDs, which is gonna yeah. Be, I feel like it's gonna be. I know CDs are coming back because of all the backups in the vinyl plants. Like that's a big problem. Yeah, now. but I mean, people are going to. I mean, who knows? But it's like you know, the thing is, is that like, honest to God, all physical media is 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 anachronistic. It's just like ridiculous. yeah, it's like. But it's like, you know, it's like this thing where in our society, it's like you can't, it's like people can't for some reason get their heads around people not making an investment in a physical object, you know what I mean? And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't really exist unless there's like an LP or something. You know well, I mean? the, the thing, the, the privilege you have is you, you're involved in music, which is a thing like you were talking about your mom, like just hearing sounds and like dancing to it. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the greatest art form because it can be made with anything and there's no it has no physical properties necessarily yeah, uh and the rest of us schmoes that are doing fucking paintings or trying to write are just trying to imitate a bit of that no, as sure. far as i'm concerned you know like well there's a lot of there's a lot of interplay i think you know and, and, and you know we have we have to recognize that like we're living in an industrial world you know what i mean and like it's it's like you know these people who are generally creative, like devoted to some kind of like useless creative thing is like, yeah. you know, it's like historically you, you never made any money unless you got hired by some rich guy to do something. You well, know? you, you served at the pleasure of the church or the court, like exactly, the, yeah. the king and you're, you're the dancing monkey, you know, <laughs> like, or whatever. No, exactly. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and that, 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 that's all right. I mean, and, and like, honestly, I, I'd like, but it's like, you know, the thing about the recorded recorded shit is that it's like, you know, like every fucking label has has surrendered to the tech industry. You know sure. What I mean? Yeah. Which is is honest to God, like I, I just I can't I can't respect it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's like I know I understand why it happens and Mm -hmm. and and it's you know whatever i can do you know everyone can do whatever the fuck they want i don't give a shit you know what i mean but yeah for me it's like it's unconscionable to sell to license your shit to thieves you know yeah what I mean? like sure. and it's like and, and especially because it's like you have an object that is valuable that people will actually buy you know? mm -hmm. yeah so it's like it, that's the thing that weirds me out about all like the people who are ha already have an established thing it's like just opt out, you know what I mean? Be like, no, 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 we sell physical objects. You yes. know what I mean? Like, you, you know, and- uh, Well, you're you're singing my song, you know? Like, <laughs> that's I mean, all I've been trying to do over the- just, I mean, it's 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 a no-brainer to me, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's like, and you know, it's funny because like the NFT thing, Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still confused about what it yeah. is exactly, but it's like, I just don't understand that like why, why people in like streaming, media businesses have didn't like do this from the beginning you know what i mean like, you know the funniest thing about yeah i've been trying to wrap my head around the nft thing and it's perfect for the art world because in the art world you can set whatever price you want for whatever you want but uh these like the young collectors that are so into nfts have recently discovered the actual art world yeah. and and they're starting to buy paintings so like you're getting an nft but you can also hang it on your wall like, you know, yeah. what's an NFT? A fucking painting is an NFT, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like, you know, like a, a digital a digital recording, like a, you know, 
it's like it, it doesn't make sense that there isn't some kind of trackable exchange you know what i mean where like the artist who made the thing doesn't get paid every time it gets yeah. bought you know what i mean like and 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 bought by people instead of like just it's not free you know what i mean like nothing like, well it that's an that's a like from the beginning and maybe the people that invented the internet didn't ever fathom how widespread it would become but the idea of anything on the internet being free is so fucking wrong it's yeah, not free to the people that made it no you know sure. it's not free and like it shouldn't be free and it's it not free, free in the in the culture and like you know when people when people like ask for i mean I, you know i sell cassettes you know it's like yeah ridiculous but like you know 30% of the people who buy cassettes for me will like email me to be like, can you s email me the download? And I'm like, yeah. fuck you, dude. Like, you know, yeah. like, and you know, like, I mean, I, I'm trying to like get a, make, make, make light of the situation. Cause like, sure. I'm tired of all this fucking serious shit. And it's mainly the shit like I do put out is it's not commercial music. And so it's like, I'm not trying to be some serious fucking like, yeah, actually, like, thing, you know, yeah, before you go on, I was gonna. Uh, I wanted to know what, what. So, what what's on that that Emma Kelly cassette? Like, what is that? The more like kind of drone music, or what, what kind what kind of sounds is on that? It's yeah, it's like a synthesizer piece. I, I mean, it's three three synthesizer pieces. Yeah, and it's um, and it's it's like a stuff I was working on in, you know, when I was had tons of time on my hands. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. It's like loved um i loved that time because i was um i got to learn about a different you know like I, for me like a lot of musicians had i mean i had a, a similar experience as a lot of people which is that like you know my whole reality just kind of got upended and like i i felt like it, relating to any kind of past relationship was useless you know because mm. it was yeah it wasn't like time was going to go back or anything and like and like you know like i i've already had a kind of fraught relationship with like my song uh writing time and like you know i broke my band up and i was like i'm not going to do this anymore it's just like like i don't i don't know what i'm doing here you know what i mean like yeah i, I wanted to figure out what music was from its most primordial kind of place again you know what I mean? yeah completely over and like and like the synthesizer was like a huge thing for me because it was like I didn't know how to use it really like yeah and I'm not a keyboardist and so the synthesizer is not a keyboard instrument and like it got me to like think about just like listening to pitches and mm. timbre and stuff and so like I you know the thing that I made was like this you know it was a complicated kind of like I mean it, you it doesn't sound complicated it sounds really kind of just tranquil and kind of pretty yeah. but it's like this uh it was this complicated kind of thing about like going and evaluating different note relationships just based off of like a sensual thing. I mean, like, cause I don't know what the pitches were necessarily. They weren't mm -hmm. in like, kind of like the, in the, in the, the 12 tones, they were just kind of like being generated by various ways of means, you know what I mean? And like, you know, it, it's a, it's a cool thing that, you know, to be able to have the opportunity to, to get your musical mind sort of, go from the backwards you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, instead of gesturing you're listening you know what i mean and and uh you know it's informed every part of my music since then and so it's pretty cool you know what it comes down to being is just like a kind of a experimental thing i mean whether it lands it lands i don't even know you know what i mean like it, yeah 
I mean, the cool. Really glad about it. Yeah, the cool thing about what I always appreciate about you is that you have the stuff that you do on your own, and then you play with all these other people, and you always make them sound so much better. Like, well, that's nice. like I've seen you play with, I don't know, a dozen different people, like in each, it's a different thing. Like I remember when you were playing, play that with Arboretum. I don't know how many yeah. times you even did that, but yeah. that was really cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just show up and, and there's a few people like, not that many, uh, Chris Brokaw is another one, Bill McKay, you know, yeah, yeah. where you have both, you can be a side man, you, you can incorporate, you can make other people sound better but then you can do your own thing do you, does well, i mean it's 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 more than that i mean it's like you know like the hopefully people can understand that music is a social thing you know? yeah and like right you know like it's it's really hard for people to understand that like music is a collaborative effort you know like yeah it's like you 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 know people have to be like oh there's the here's the genius the crazy genius behind yeah. the project and it's like Sure, there was a, somebody who maybe wrote the song or whatever, but the song uh, is is it, you know it's 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 part of the equation, you know. What I mean? Yeah. And like you know, it, there's no there's no singular person who can do. I mean, of course, this isn't true, but it's like you know, it, 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 the best thing about most of the music that that you love it has to do with all of the elements of it, you know. What I mean? mm -hmm. And like you know, like I'm fully aware of of the fact that like you know especially because like i work for some of like you know in my opinion some of like the best fucking songwriters alive you know yeah and like it's it's a huge a huge honor to do that it's just like you know for them their relationship to the song is different and like i know what it's like to being a songwriter it, yeah. it's like you know you have a weird relationship to the thing and so you need to i guess well, yeah what i was yeah what i was trying to say is there are people that can only do one or the other there are people like the lead singer type or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. That i know like they're like they're amazing singers that cannot sing harmony you know what i mean no, they can't sure. fucking do it yeah, yeah, yeah and they're great at what they do but they can't do the other thing and <laughs> it's rare where you can do both right well i mean it's it hopefully hopefully like you know people can can be you know not so narcissistic and mm. you know like realize that what they're doing is like part of something that's way beyond them you know what I mean? yeah and like music is so cool because it's like it's so multifaceted i mean like you know my my whole musical relationship is crazy because it's like i play in a billion different bands and like yeah. and i play soft folk music i play harsh noise music i play yeah crazy rock and roll and whatever i mean it's just like yeah it, it's it's like most musicians like a lot of different kinds of music mm -hmm. <laughs> oh for sure they, yeah they play a lot of different kinds of music and it's crazy to think that like <laughs> you know it's like it's so hard for anyone to wrap their head around a musician who does more than one style of well yeah that and that has to do with sort of commerce and capitalism when we're like you have a brand and you're supposed to keep repeating that until you like you're dead no, totally. But but this is part of like this whole this whole reevaluation of the system. You know, yeah, it's like you know, which is like kind of not being you know. It's like people are you know that was the reason why I've commented on this like unions. Yeah, because like this guy was like who commented was like this is just another example of capitalistic exploitation. I'm shit. I'm just like dude, fucking you are such an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, it's like you, you, capitalist exploitation. You want to be exploited. You know? Of course. It's like you're a fucking band, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you don't, you don't, it's like, it, there is no such thing as a band that is just like, I mean, that people just come, come crawling up to you from your obscure cave to like, be like, here, let me adore you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, you want someone to fucking be an asshole and exploit the shit out of you. So yeah. Make the yeah. I, yeah. My, my joke has been, I've been like, I'd love to sell out. Nobody's buying, you know, like, yeah. of course I'd love to sell out. Well, like, oh yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing to like be able to do what you like to do for money. You know? I know. Like, I know. Like that's the problem is that like, you know, people, they have this totally skewed idea. I mean, it's like, and, and especially in this new, I new, new kind of lefty mentality it's just like it's such bullshit it's like you know it's like these people who fucking are hopeless capitalists you know yeah they grew, they grew up in capital yeah yeah they, they yeah. know no other reality you know but they just hate the fact that life sucks you know yeah i'll and, tell you yeah i mean having come from a you know a totalitarian country you know where it's only here that people can sort of romanticize you know these kind of like workers utopia you know leftist you know marxist paradise yeah it, it's never been done it's never existed i mean maybe one day somebody will but it hasn't been done i mean what was what was what was the the whole ussr thing it was capitalist exploitation you know it, it's is, I mean, is it's the, like they're exploiting the workers you know what i mean much Being yeah like, i mean yeah. Le, Le, lenin hated the working class he hated the proletariat absolutely and he but he sold sold them a fucking bill of goods you know that they believed for 70 fucking years or 80 years you know yeah i mean it's like it's a, all a big fucking lie i mean yeah like it, you know it's like we're we're in we're in it already it's like it's it's just it's just is what it is like there is a finite amount of resources and the human beings are and people people that get in power will always exploit people below them it's human nature it's what it's we do it goes. yeah yeah it goes. and it's you know it, there's no point in like in like in like bitching about it it's just kind of like you know there are things that you can do to be like that should be against the law like you know yeah. I mean? it's like it's like this streaming the streaming thing it's like it's like it should be i mean the the, the biggest the biggest example of like how ridiculous it is is that like why do the streaming companies have different rates that they pay out. I mean, yeah. it should be it should be like a thing where it's like, oh no, the value of a stream is this. And yeah. this is the, what we've determined as a society that this is the value of a stream. And so you can't say what you're valuing the stream is as, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I, I, I would be against the law. You know? I will tell you like, you know, I never felt <laughs> felt great about Spotify, but our, our dad, Neil Young shamed me into deleting the spotify so i don't use it anymore <laughs> well it's good that you don't use it because it's unconscionable if you believe yeah. in people making money off of their work you know what i mean yeah but it's like you know the thing is is that like fucking neil young <laughs> he, he canceled spotify because of fucking not because of that you yeah know what i mean like he, what was the last straw but yeah he, he he's yeah because I mean, there was he's, a... on, he's on some other bullshit about fucking you know like political <laughs> shit i mean it's just like dude and and neil young i mean give me a break i mean i love neil young's music i mean yeah. a lot of it most, most yeah of it, but it's like you know like every time that guy tries to like pretend to have any kind of social awareness it's like you're a fucking 
idiot, man. You, you don't know anything about society. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's like he's he's like this crazy narcissist who's sheltered yeah. in massive wealth. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, well, you know, yeah, it's it started back, you know, with that that like that Southern man song and stuff like that, you know? Totally. I mean, it's, it's offensive even. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, and, the, and you have like, uh, you know, and it's like you read the newspaper and read about some atrocity. It's like, yeah. damn, like, I'm going to write a song about this. It's like, dude, like, get your head out of your ass, man. I mean, like, yeah, and this is happening left and right. I mean, it's like, you know, like we're this thing with Ukraine. It's like insane. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's crazy to me to think that anybody is in support of any side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, and it, and it's like you know we're we're seeing all this shit. It's like I mean, I saw a billboard the other day that said, "This is not again." You know what I mean? Or never again. You know yeah. I mean? like, and yeah. It was like, and it's like you know what, dude? Like this is happening around the world every fucking day, always. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And and like this is is exactly the same. But it's like what the fuck? Like, it's like if you support Ukraine, you're supporting the war. You, yeah. You Russians, you're supporting the war. This is people are murdering each other, you know. Yeah, and it's just like you can't support any side of it, you know what I mean? No, I. The one thing you know, people often have been asking me because I'm, you know, from from Russia, uh, yeah, like yeah. that, as if I have some kind of insight. All I, I tell them is like, maybe now you'll see why I've never gone back there and never would. Yeah, like yeah. this is what that fucking country does, and it's oh, what sure. it's do always done. Sometimes it's on the front page, other times it's not, you know, but. No, that fucker has been building up to this for years you know he's oh, been what he's been setting this up and he because he thinks that ukraine is not a country that it's just right. part of russia and but he's also like you know there's a lot of i mean my friend one of my really close friends her parents are trapped in in their town in in uh ukraine and they yeah you know it's like this hor horrifying situation for her trying to figure out if her parents can get out or do you know i mean it's like, yeah it's the worst i mean i can't even begin to comprehend what she's experiencing and it's like this thing where you know like i'll ask her questions because uh you know you read a lot of shit you know you see a lot of really horrifying images and stuff mm -hmm. like, you know like she's like every single thing you're seeing you're seeing you can't believe any of it yeah and I'm like and i'm like w what about like these images of like people getting executed and yeah and and, and blah 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 and it's like look man like all I'm saying is that like people that I know who are in that town are, 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 are saying that a lot of that, most of that shit happened after the Russians left or something, you know what I mean? Or, mm. And it's like, you know, you're really like, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, clearly, clearly I don't know. You know what I mean? Like all I can do is say what, you know, taking what I read or whatever, but it's like, man, the propaganda machine is going insane. I mean, it's like, well, always, always, but yeah, I'll just say that within the case of Russia, you, they're they're the ones you need to doubt the first second oh, and yeah. third well, never like, believe anything that russia says whatever the fucking regime is no for sure I, this I, has I, been their history like, for a thousand years no, uh that's they, the way it goes yeah yeah but it's but, like you know we're all we're all i mean information is is yeah. is, is the same for everyone it's like you see yeah i mean the thing with trump it was like so amazing I mean, it's like what an asshole and it's like you know like he and he, he just has like this whole thing where it's like all i have to do is say what it is even if it's the opposite you know what i mean yes like, and, and it becomes the truth because it, i'm just saying it is all he, yeah he figured out that if you repeated a thing long long enough it would just become true totally. yeah and and like no bad press it's like no such thing as bad press no and and, and, and no well he he knew you know what 
what every carnival barker knows you know like you get on the he had access to the biggest megaphone and he just kept yelling whatever and it was totally based on emotions nothing at all with facts it's just feelings you know what i mean which is it's a crazy thing to like really look into that but i i I had that realization about, I mean, do you remember when they, there was the, the recession in like in 07 or 08 and the market crashed and how the, the whole stock market is based on feelings, like about bets about the future. And they accuse artists of like living pie in the sky in like in this nebulous world. But the whole fi- fucking financial system is based on people and what their bets are about something in the future, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just mind-blowing it's not pegged to anything real no, like nothing totally. i mean it, 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 it's it, a fantasy world yeah, you know fantasy world yeah yeah <laughs> which is it's just so crazy because it's like you know everything's it's way way too overwhelming you know what i mean and so like yeah you know you can all you can really do in your life is like you know do your part of being part of society you know what mm-hmm. I mean? and like, yep you know it, it's it's kind of insane to me to think that like you know like in my society which is like generally a music world you know yeah what I mean? like it's like you know there's few people i mean it's not it's not it's not by any stretch the majority of the people that i know who are in it but that, that they just have fully surrendered to these systems and they they don't they don't have any diy ethos whatsoever it, yeah. they just they, they want to be a fucking bitch to the yeah. way things are or something and it's like it's just crazy because it's like you know like the punks or the indie rock people or whatever it's like you know the whole point of that shit was like no one's into this but i am so i'm gonna, yeah yeah i'm gonna do it well know? it's amazing with the punk stuff it's amazing how quickly it got codified and into a uniform like even when i was growing up i remember we had a store this is in boston it was called alston beat and you could buy your doc martens and your your jackets with the fucking you know yeah yeah or whatever you get you get your punk uniform like it it, i totally realized you know i was in high school like i knew that i'd missed it you know i was too i was too young yeah because it it had become like a product yeah and yeah like i read that i don't know if you read there was an oral history of the la punk scene i think i think john doe put it together yeah and it was all just all these people, and you, you realize that scene lasted like two years or something. No, for sure. I mean, you know? second it started, you know. Yeah. But it's like it's like the same with the hippies. It's like you know the death of the hippie was in 1967. I think. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean that's like the beginning of it, apparently. Well, well just like yeah, that doc that we're uh, I mentioned with Kenny earlier on. It's called "You Weren't There." You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, totally. There was like, it was yesterday I was working on this thing with a woman who just moved to LA from Sweden and she's, you know, it's kind of cool because she's like, I'm seeing the world through this like totally different lens for, for mm. her, you know, but it's yeah. like, a, she, we were talking about how like, you know, it's like people uh, who, you know, when they get a taste of like the good life, it's like mm-hmm. really hard to like kind of return back to your kind of struggling life sure and it's like um we were talking about like you know how it's like you know people who've like made a career and like done a lot and they become you know have some resources and people like them and they've got some money or something yeah if you ever go out if you ever go out in the town with them it's like really fun because it's like 
everyone likes them they get they you know all this shit's free for the most part yeah it might be like girls might be talking to you for no reason all of a sudden you might be like on drugs like good drugs you know what i mean like, it's like, <laughs> you know it's like a good time yeah. you know what I yeah mean? like and you go home and you're like man that was fucking amazing i mean like and the whole time you're thinking like man maybe i'm part of this now or something yeah you know? and then and then you're not a part of it but mm-hmm. like the but the next day you're like um you're like instead of looking at like the path of like working for the next 10 or 20 years to maybe achieve something like that for yourself you're like maybe i'll just call that dude up again and see if he wants to hang out mm. <laughs> you know what i mean like so it's, it's like a shortcut it's a shortcut yeah i mean and then and there is like the the classic la person you know what i mean yeah like, like, i had a hang out with famous and rich people you know and not exactly the same thing but i had uh i there's a there's this guy who I went to high school with and, and I worked in a movie theater with, and he sort of became famous and he'd come through Chicago and he would do these book tours and we would hang out. And sometimes, and then like, I started putting out books and he would like, like insist that I sit there with him and bring my books and be in on the signings. And he had these like signing lines that would last like two hours, you know, and all these people that just wanted to have a photo with him or something, have this yeah. moment with the, and I could see them and I'd watch them just gird themselves to like say something clever or whatever. And it's like, I just realized that I just couldn't do it. You know, Yeah, totally. I couldn't have that coming at that. That's like one of the prices you have to pay to do that, to, to function on that level. You know, I mean, yeah, no, like I, I, I have a, I'm pretty, you know, I, I, it took me a long time to figure that out, I think. But, like, I don't think that I could, like, really handle being, yeah, like, one of these people who, you know, it's, like, it's it's a tough, it's a tough situation. It's, like, uh, you know, where people, you know, they, everyone wants to be your friend and you have no idea yeah. who, who it, anyone is and, like, where what their intentions are. Like, why do they want to be my friend? They don't know it- me. Yeah, it's super fun for me to have made friends just being here. Like, well, like with these people, like around Chicago, like Tim Kinsella, you know? Yeah, yeah. I met Tim when he was worked at a coffee shop. And, you know, and he's also five years younger than me. I had no idea, even when I met him, he'd already been in, like, he'd already had Captain Jazz and he'd started Joan of Arc. I didn't know any of that. He He was just the guy at the coffee shop who kept playing Scott Walker all the time. Yeah, it was, it was kind of standoffish, but like we've been friends for a very long time. But I had yeah. no idea like that. There's this whole like cult of Tim Kinsella, you know? No, it's pretty cool. I mean, like uh, it's great. I, 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 I love Tim as a dude. I mean, like he's, he's great. Like, yeah, he's such a cool guy. And like it's it's so cool that he's like got this he's got this world. You know what I mean? Like and he's. It's, I just, it's funny to me because even like in the haha tape thing, it's like I put out a. Ben Vida tape and mm-hmm. like I had all these Joan of Arc fans yeah. like, being like, you have you have the the thing from Ben Vida, you know? And I was like, dude, that's so cool that like <laughs> these like full on freaky Joan of Arc fans are reaching out to me for Ben Vida's guitar tape, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, you, you don't know, you don't ever know what other people like you put the stuff out into the world, you don't know how it's gonna hit somebody. I mean I occasionally get incredible like fan notes, you know, just out of nowhere, not that many, but like where some person somewhere, you know, is connected to something I made and it was like, wow, I don't even know what to do with this, you know? Totally, man. I mean, I say thank you always, but 
uh, I don't feel like I adequately know how to respond. I don't know if you can, you know what I mean? No, for sure. It's, it, there's no, there's no response that like makes any sense. I mean, that's, what's kind of like when you see these people who like are getting that kind of attention a lot, it's like, you know, the, the real artful way of, of being able to take compliments. It's like, it's like a crazy thing. I mean, like, I just am so uncomfortable around people. Like, you know, like I like, I like to, I don't know. It's like, if I, I don't like to be the center of attention or. Exactly. Know. Yeah. No, I, uh, we're, we're the same that way. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's I, weird. Cause it's like, you know, I'm on the stage all the time. It's like my, yeah. how my job is, but it's like yeah. something about being, letting the guy be the front of it. And like, I can be part of it is like, kind of like, I, I mean, those people are like, doing this really brave thing to me you know what I mean like where they can like look people in the eye and like yeah like damn like I that's fucking scary as fuck to me you know what I mean but also I mean there's definitely a difference between like you being the guy on the stage and you like afterwards like having a drink with somebody like meeting a stranger yeah. you just as a person like you know on a stage I know for a lot of people like that's a performers it's a safe place yeah, for sure. Whereas off the stage is a whole different story. No, it's totally freaky. Yeah. Whereas to me as like a not performer, like I realized a long time ago after doing like a bunch of readings and stuff and doing other weird stuff on stages that, you know, like my, my place is in the audience and my stage is like a piece of paper. It's not a stage, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's not where, that's not where it happens to me. I'm not like a creature that should be up there really, you know? <laughs> I, I, I like being in the audience and watching and listening you know totally and it's like that's like it's just as, as much of an essential role in the exchange as well yeah there isn't one without the other <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean that's the thing that's like so weird to me about the music experience in this day and age is that it's like you know like we've we've stopped kind of experiencing this visceral music mm -hmm. and and it's like a the, it's all commerce based I mean like every single thing that is out on the road playing is like a is there because of some commercial aspect of their career bringing them there sure and uh, it's all good but it's like this kind of strange thing where like you know like I keep on thinking about the idea of like wanting to start a band that the whole idea the whole point of it is that there is no recordings because like Mm -hmm. why would you make a recording if like the, the live show is the thing that is the one thing you want you know yeah mean? and like and it'd be cooler to create a mystery of like fuck i really want to see this band i've only heard the legend of this band you know what i mean like yeah but like that totally doesn't make sense to anyone because it's like you can't it's like they don't even everything needs a context everything needs to have a a, a, a cell a part of the market and whatever and it's cool i mean i get it it's just that it's like i'm trying to conceive of an idea that like that like you know like something can be not in that that system anymore and it's funny because like we're in this we're in this position now where we're we're trying to tear down all the statues and tear down all the systems, mm -hmm. you know? and like you know it's like it's not i mean it's not about capitalism it's not about political ideology or, or any of that shit it's just about like you know maybe you want to have a, 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 a an actual experience you know what i mean that like comes out of nowhere or something it's like yeah you know, uh, i mean imagine how cool it would be if you could like stumble into something i mean i have this one band the double 
and it's a super bizarre band where we just play one one beat for the whole time and it's kind of amazing like i saw this woman come in because it's weird it's like minimalist kind of thing where you you're hearing the same thing over and over and so your mind starts to sort of like hear things that aren't happening you know Mm -hmm. and and uh we play the show in New York we, we, one time where this woman came in and she sat on the stage and she just sat there and she just like wept the entire time. Wow. It's not like, it's not like emotional music. Yeah. It's not like somebody talking about some emotional thing. It's like this really like aggressive beat that's just happening for 40 minutes without changing. Yeah. And afterwards she's like, I, I was walking down the street and I heard this sound and I just came in here and I don't That's know. awesome. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's like, man, that's like, that's like the coolest thing that's ever happened at a show for me. I mean, like, yeah, because you know, it's like, that came completely out of the blue for you. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I would have had the wherewithal to walk into the show. If I, if I was walking down the street, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just as numb as the next guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be like, imagine if you like were walking down the street and you heard this crazy noise you, and you were just like, I'm going to go in there. And, yeah. I mean, damn, like that's that's fucking amazing, you know. It is, for sure. <laughs> no, but like that's all all we can do is keep chasing that those kinds of the like the real experiences. Uh-huh. Well, but, but but you know, it takes effort, you know. Oh, absolutely. On a on a in a community sense, I mean, to be like, you know, that's why this whole thing about like the way that the music industry or not the music industry, the recording industry is on on its like it's failing you know yeah I mean? and and it, it it gets worse and worse with all of the shit and now it's like the materials and shit are it's everything's fucked up you know what i mean but instead of like just like going down and like being like let's let's like sink this fucking ship i mean it's like what i mean we don't need this shit you know what i mean like yeah it's like we've been doing this shit for way fucking longer than there's ever been recordings I mean, like, and, and it's like, why are we like, just, we're, we're totally just submitting ourselves to this failure of, yeah. a, of an idea, you know? But yeah, I, I think, yeah, mostly, uh, you know, the more creative people or people are engaged, like you are sort of checking out because it's, you realize that it's kind of going back to what it was in other centuries when it was just, you know, wandering minstrels, basically from town to town, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that would be so great if, like, that could be, that could be sustainable. It's just that it's like, you know, everything's fucked up now, you know what I mean? Like, you can't get from town to town anymore. You know, it's like the fucking gas is $7 a gallon here, you know? Right, yeah. And it's, like, insane. And, like, you know, whatever. It's, like, I'm I'm trying not to, like, I mean, there's things that I wish that I could do, of course, like everyone else, but it's, like, you know, I'm trying not to, like, get too down on it because who knows what other kind of opportunities are going to come up because this change is happening you know yeah i mean the pandemic was an amazing experience for me and like you know like i came home from a tour that got canceled midway you know yeah got dropped off at my house and then it was saint patrick's day yeah and it was just like damn i'm gonna fucking be here now i guess you know yeah And, and it was kind of amazing i mean i was like you know totally freaked out for about a month and then i just kind of settled into this kind of amazing thing where i was like damn i can do anything right now you know what i mean like it was was super super productive time for me i don't know i I got so much done such a meta way too because it was like you know you could get a lot of actual things done but you can also grow in this like kind of intense personal way where 
it's like wow we you know because we're not on tour right now it's like we can we can like uh think about what it means to do any of this shit you know right and 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 you know i i don't know i had a really great experience with it i mean it 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 kicked me in the ass and trying in terms of like trying to figure out what what it, what is what it is that like is the point of doing this shit you know yeah i want to i i mean I, i'm gonna do this in, in for the rest of my life it's just it's yeah. like things are it's gonna keep changing and thank god it's gonna keep keep changing because if i had to do this fucking groundhog day thing for the rest of my life yeah it would fucking suck you know i mean like i'm not the kind of guy who likes that you know i mean like yeah I like, winter, I like to like the, the whole point of like going out on tour is like this feeling of like you're in a precarious situation it's like yeah before i never went on tour it was like I, I just wanted to drive around the country and feel like i was like on the verge of oblivion at all times mm. I, I always never i never understood how musicians could like like play like the same set or like play the hits quote unquote hits or whatever night night in night out like saying, i was trying to trying to figure out what the equivalent to like you know doing art whatever or writing like what if you were made to like write the same fucking story every every night yeah like how you couldn't do that no, <laughs> no fucking way. paint the same painting i don't know like it's weird that you, you have to re reproduce or like recreate a thing you made no, whatever no five ten twenty years ago yeah and i i don't know do you do you ever play like i don't know do you play like cairo gang songs in other contexts or yeah, I mean, anymore like, ever or really rarely i'll play a show where i'm like by myself singing songs and it's not my favorite thing to do but it's like uh sometimes i'll play a few cairo game songs yeah but it's like i kind of try to think of them as covers you know like, yeah sure and then because like i'm not i'm not that guy anymore and like who knows who the, who that guy is even you know what i mean and like yeah. uh you know same way it's like i like to sing other people's songs that, you know because there's a lot of songs out there just like recontextualizing them by singing them is is a powerful act and it, you know it, it, that's another issue that it's you know it's, it's it bothers me to think that like it's just about like oh those are covers you know what i mean like, yeah oh, there's songs like listen to them you know well I mean? that i mean i think that's probably tied somewhat to like the evolution of the recording industry too is that you know the like the beatles and all that era changed that whole relationship of performers to composers yeah in the in the way that it was thought of and structured suddenly you had to like quote unquote have originals all the time like the musicians totally. had to come up with but like that was never true before you know yeah, yeah. i mean bob dylan is the same you know i mean it's like this thing where you have to be the ultimate creator i mean me and azita used to always talk about how you know like all the best music in the american history has been like written by like a, a, a musician and a lyric writer you know like they wrote them together as a collaborative thing because of course a writer would write better lyrics than a musician and a musician would write better music than a lyric writer you know? yeah so the collaborative aspect of it is like i mean it's just kind of strange to me to think that like you're you know like we have you know we're, we're meant to just like be these like savant people who can just do everything i mean i don't know but it's it's whatever i get it it's just uh, it'd be nice to be able to like listen to a song for a change you know what i mean like <laughs> you know and not think about like the story of the person who's singing it or 
yeah or try to connect it's like oh wow like they're singing about themselves or you know yeah well yeah that's a, that's a sort of like like a like such a fundamental misunderstanding of like what art is you know absolutely but it's like you know that's the culture we're in i mean like we every everybody who's out on the road right now is doing it because they've sold their personal life to the public you know yeah and it's it's a it's a drag to be honest because it's like i don't give a shit about somebody's fucking personal life i know i that happened to me with like i've been a nick cave fan for a million years but in the you know the last this last whatever decade or whatever he you know like especially since his kid died he's been like trying to connect with the audience in this weird way yeah he's been doing like and i at a certain point like i realized i didn't want to know the stuff that he was saying yeah totally. and he's obviously he's dealing with grief and this is how he's doing it yeah. and he needs to but uh i don't want to like i don't want to be nick cave's friend <laughs> you know like that's not what i want him to be in my life he's been like in my life since i was a teenager you know totally, totally. and that's yeah, not what he is to me i know it's crazy how like and i had to stop i had to stop reading the shit he was sending out he was sending out this newsletter thing and i, I had to unsubscribe because like n- tmi you know like no i don't want to know this yeah, Nick, yeah, yeah. I, I hope you're doing okay, but I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I it, feel you. It's completely wrecking. It's wrecking whatever, like, not that I have, a, like, he's on a pedestal, but, like, there is a distance that I like where he's over there and I'm over here, you know? Totally. And, and, and also, like, you know, he used to he used to sing not from that perspective. Like, it was like, yeah. a, it was like a really serious shift in his songwriting where it was became about him as yeah well as about like the, these stories that were like character studies or uh, and, uh, you know whatever allegory to some other thing or something and it, it you know I, it's crazy because i've been on, on a super deep obsession with uh, your funeral my trial album oh yeah and it's just like the most amazing album and like yep it, it's so it's so risky it's like i mean i just it's crazy to me it's like it's like the most exciting thing to listen to i've listened to it like at least 50 times in the past month i mean oh really yeah like i'm completely obsessed with it interesting how do you do you remember what set it like what trip that it was um it, you know like in my car i just like have an ipod that's on repeat uh, on, on shuffle you know mm-hmm. and uh song uh stranger than kindness came oh yeah and and you know it's i've always loved that song and the way it sounds but i remember being like man i'm gonna just like listen to this whole album you know yeah and and i i had this drive to the it was like driving to the ocean Mm -hmm. it was like a really cool day and i was like listening to this thing and it was just like fuck man like the just the tension on that album is insane and like Mm -hmm. The, the songs are also so well crafted in a lyrical way, but it's like this whole like insane, it's like it, it, the band is just unbelievable. They're such a good band and like who knows wh- who they are, where they're coming from or who's even playing what. I mean, yeah. what I loved about like the, like that guy Mick Harvey is like, he's just like an insane musician, you know? And like it's like yeah. every single album he plays on, it's like what's he playing on this album? I, it, Have you heard his like where he does all those uh, Serge Gainsbourg songs in English? I haven't heard it. It's so good. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's he's he does like the whole like there's two or three albums full of like his interpretations of 
Serge Gaines' work, but in English. Wow, that's so cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I met him once at a, at a festival in Finland, and it was this incredible thing where I just so happened to be like, I had to wear black on stage for this band, the band I was in. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I, I didn't have a fully black shirt. And so I, I was actually wearing a birthday party shirt inside out. Mm. And I like, I saw Mick Harvey and I like ran up to him and I was like, hey, Mick Harvey, like, mm -hmm. check, I'm, I, oh my God. You know, <laughs> like, what, what, you know, the few people that I'm like completely like, holy shit, that's that. Guy. Yeah. And like, that's Mick Harvey. I ran up to him and I was like, I'm Emmett, I'm playing blah, blah, blah. Check this out. And I yeah. had my birthday party shirt and he, he turned around to his band. We were like the coolest looking people. They're all like PJ Harvey band. And they okay. like, check it out. This guy knows what's up. Birthday party. You know? <laughs> and, and then he's, and he's like, he's like, mind you, he's got the shirt inside out, of course. But yeah. And I'm like, dude, you know, and then, you know, of course I, you know, my friend Jim knows him. So it's like, I know we have a friend in common or whatever. So I was like trying to just say hello to him because I was yeah. like, holy shit, but kind of blew my mind because it's like that guy's i mean he's an he's like one of one of these like kind of heroes of mine it's like yeah you know it's like it, it's crazy like nick cave is is obviously like this amazing frontman catalyst for all this stuff songwriter yeah whatever, but it's like that guy fucking made that shit <laughs> you know I mean? yeah and like that whole band did that whole band i mean holy shit yeah well, i mean all the people that have cycled through that band is crazy like barry adamson like go I know. like you, you listen to that fucking disc discography it's amazing yeah it's insane how cool how great that guy is and blixa the guitar yeah and the drummer, and kid congo and, and like all these other people yeah i know and, and it's such a cool thing to see this really collaborative thing happening because it's like that band sounds like they're just on the verge of total failure at all times yeah and 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 uh i mean i i never got to see them in that era of course you know but it was like i just feel like man like it, it, that's the kind of music that I am missing, you know, is like yeah. that, that feeling where I'm just like, damn, this is like a, a runaway train. Like, I hope that this lands. Yeah, I didn't see him quite that early, but I uh, I saw him, the first time I saw him was the Tender Prey tour. That oh. That's when it, and that was pretty great. That's amazing. I mean, that's a good time. To probably yeah. Be yeah, I saw him with a, my fake ID. I was in high school, you know. That's so cool. Yeah, it was an amazing show. It was allegedly one of the times that he just kicked heroin you know so he was clean right. <laughs> so super energetic you know it wasn't like nodding off or any you know it wasn't it's crazy because it's like you know that's also it's also like a thing too because it wasn't it wasn't about him in his yeah. like actual life yeah and like look at his persona as nick cave and be like wow that guy's fucking cool Mm -hmm. because it's like i don't know about this guy i mean he, he, he's probably a fucking vampire for all i know you know yeah but yeah that's yeah what i started off with the nick cave stuff is like he's been sharing so open suddenly yeah. and vulnerable and I, on a human level i understand that but i also kind of don't want to know that no for sure well it's part of today's society you know yeah where, where it's like you, where you're you know, selling yourself yeah yeah you like to, you like to sell your story i mean like how, how many bands do you see that are like all they uh, you know their whole thing is like about their weird identity and it's like yeah i mean i get it but it's like i'm i like the more fun identities you know what i mean like back, <laughs> in, the day, back in the day it's like you had these like that's what i loved about like the goths when i was like younger you know oh yeah i love the fact that it's like these, these people that like walk around like they're like 
cool. vampires. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's so cool because it's like that's obviously not who they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it, and it, it it's fun. It's like it's like Halloween, you know? And yeah, uh, it, it's. Fun. I don't know, man. I mean, I've known some people that are fully committed. Like they live that way all the time. No, for sure. And those guys are fucking awesome. You know? it's, like, it's ridiculous that they still like wake up and take a shit in the morning and you know. Do- Maybe. Maybe they're like sharks and they just retain all their shit until they take it to their grave. I don't know. Dude, that'd be so rad. There was yeah. a guy I knew in high school who was this hard, hard hardcore like industrial guy. Uh-huh. And they, he had a he was terrifying, you know. He had this like yeah. story that like he ate the pig in science class, you know. Oh. Like, which I you know obviously didn't happen because he would have like got poisoned, you know. But well, like, yeah, the for, the for, you mean the preserved formaldehyded pig? Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> oh, he would have <laughs> died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it obviously didn't happen. I don't know why. Like, that, that was like the story, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and and everyone was scared of him, you know. And and he 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 asked me to play for like Spirit Day at school, like mm-hmm. play drums in his band. And mm-hmm. he looked at he he came up to me and he was like, he's like. I want you to play in my band for Spirit Day, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, okay. And he's like, he's like, look, um, all I have to say is we're gonna practice in my house this many times. If and if, if you fuck up, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, I'm fucking serious, just saying. And then he walked away, and I was like, holy shit. And I went to his house. Yeah. He was in, like Deep Valley, and it was like this totally ridiculous place and like it, in his bedroom he had he made this mobile that was above his bed mm-hmm. like shards of glass and daggers like facing his head you know wow left under that every night and like and you know we live in like earthquake country you know like yeah like damn like you're fucking insane you know of course the show is a complete disaster it was like the sure show of my life but like but he know, didn't kill you so you must have done okay because he didn't kill you well, right what happened was like, <laughs> all, of us, all of us in the band were fucking terrified you know because yeah the night was a nightmare it was like everything that could go wrong went wrong yeah like um <laughs> dude, like we, we all like scattered after the show and just vanished and like after uh, the next week at school we were just avoiding him and like yeah. he came up he, he, fi- he like finally cornered me at one point he's like hey People said they liked it, so you're off the hook. <laughs> oh, good! Wow, <laughs> but that's so cool. I mean, like, I love those kinds of characters. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's so yeah. Crazy, you know, like that guy is like, if he if he's gonna like talk, give an interview. I mean, if it was this day and age, like people would be like, this guy's a fucking clown. I mean, holy shit, this is amazing. You know? Yeah. And ho- where are those guys now? You know what I mean? Like there, uh, but you you also have to. I mean. You know, you at your age now would not be acting that way. You know what I mean? You have to be a certain age to like meet those people. people. I mean, it's like yeah. kind of like insane. I mean, like I, I, I feel like I'm like I hang around young people just like on the, you know, rock and roll, yeah, ring circuit all the time, and it's just like kind of like where, where are all these people who are like just totally fucking, you know, they're just like totally inhuman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all, all these people are like I'm a super superhuman. You know what I mean? They're just, yeah. It, they, their whole thing is like check out me and my weird personal life and my struggle with this or that or whatever and it's just like dude this is lame you know yeah like, i want to hear some lies you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> well you know hopefully like you know these past couple hours you've been telling me nothing but but like stories fairy tales hopefully they're lies yeah but yeah probably- well you know so, yeah no, nobody well nobody will 
can fact check I, them. I don't think that I could like lie. I mean, to somebody that I know who's like my friend. You know? <laughs> that's why you're. That's why this is like a terrifying experience because it's like you, yes. somebody I know, and I'm obviously not going to tell you a bunch of bullshit. You know. Oh, you could. <laughs> no, I could, but I probably won't because you know we've had these conversations before. They're like fun to have conversations. With I know. Um, that's that's why I wanted to do this, and I knew that that it would go just like this. You know. Yeah. I was very confident, like I had no worries, except for like fixing the stupid technical problems, which, yeah, right. yeah. but yeah, oh, yeah. it's it pretty cool, the end, yeah. I don't know, you want to wrap it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, th yeah, thank you so much, and yeah, yeah I'll, so. I'll let you know when, it, when it's up, yeah, like the, one of the fucked up things with, you know, I'm launching into this project, but I'm not going back on Twitter or any of them, so it, I'm going to totally depend on word of mouth, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and it's gonna be out. It's gonna be on all the fucking. It's gonna be on Spotify and all the rest of them. You know. Seriously. Oh yeah, it's up. Yeah. It's up there now. Like what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't have any of that shit. So. But it's it, yeah. It'll be available wherever people do podcasts. Okay. It just is automatically. It's a podcast. Yes. Uh, it's a podcast, <laughs> so people can listen. The, however, the fuck. Yeah. Even though I'm not. Yeah. Whatever it's it is. Talk show. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. It's my special bespoke artisanal, handcrafted fucking whatever. <laughs> but uh, let me know if you ever want to make a tape. Oh, I I would love to. I I would love to. And yeah, how? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get so on your a, if you have your a, mailing list or whatever, like about the cassette releases. There's there's a website. Oh, there is. Yeah, it's it's haha.institute. Oh, okay. I was looking around. I couldn't find like I saw the haha -ha on Discogs, like, but there's not a link to anything. Maybe I could try to fix that. Maybe, yeah. I mean, like you know, Discogs is all kind of like Wikipedia. It's all like people yeah, just put stuff up there, but uh, it's a it's a good and bad thing. But yeah, haha dot institute, and that you could see like what we. Okay, seen. cool. I'll 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 put that in the in the the show notes. You know, like the link where when people uh, listen to this, they'll see that. Thanks, Dimitri. Is that is that the main place or like Insta it, yeah. Instagram yeah, too or not? Instagram, but it's just like you know I made this like absurdly long Instagram name. It's like haha -ha underscore tape haha -ha underscore cd haha -ha underscore yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Then, it's it's it isn't it fun to like be a like a like some kind of difficult obscurantist in this like age where everybody just wants a fucking soundbite and they want something they can buy easily. I'm just trying to like make light of all this stuff because oh no, it's fucking ridiculous. Like I yeah, too, it's a little bit too heavy handed. I mean, I, I'm I'm somebody who likes more experimental weird music, and so that's yeah, what I'm kind of gravitating towards. But it's like I want it to be nothing about uh pretentious like seriousness i mean it's like, yeah it's like, i i think this uh, i think this stuff is all really playful it's like if you if you just like let it be it's like it's not it's just some fucking steely eyed fucking like serious dude it's like fuck that i mean like the thing yeah is, uh, you know what i mean like it, it's meant to be enjoyed for sure and yeah i, I totally do a tape we'll, we'll have to talk about that off okay, off cool. mic sometime yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> sweet well enjoy the rest of your day hopefully hopefully this recorded and yeah otherwise we'll have to like reconvene and reproduce this conversation word for word you know somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool man i'll talk right. to you soon later bye